Hey, buddy. Had to update Skype and Audio Hijack. Double mm. update. Yeah, I said skip this version on uh, Call Recorder. I am. Skip this version. That's bold. Uh, Remind I'm me on, later. I, I don't know how I've gotten away with this, but I am on not a, not not the best version, but I'm on seven point five nine per n thirty seven. It's going to stop working September first, right? Mm. Is it? Mm-hmm. Then I got to get the bad new version, the worst <laughs> new version. It's uh, it's just it's the same amount worse as they always are. It's the same amount worse that seven was over six. It's a, it's a downward trend, but I think feel like the percentages are the same. Yeah, It'll be fine. Yeah, it's just it's just so strange. Uh, I mean, the thing all of us have talked about so many times for so long is, you know, how, you know, and truthfully, most of us are doing double-enders for most things. So we're mostly using this for monitoring. Uh, in the case of Roderick, I do use Call Recorder for both both our sides. I mean, we'd survive if we had to use something else. But on the one hand, there's just that flustered feeling of depending so heavily on this app within this quote-unquote industry. But it's it's also, it's so strange, not just with Skype, but with any app, it's so strange when you feel like you understand what this thing is for. In my case, I use it for literally one thing. I mean, I will have like an interview with somebody once every year or two, but four times a week, I use this to record a podcast. That's all I use it for. It's all I think it's, I only open it to talk to you guys. So it's so strange when you see updates and improvements and the design decisions that reflect a usage of the app that is utterly foreign to the single way that you use it. It can't help but feel a little bit like a bummer. Yeah. Well, like how many podcasters are there in the world versus how many people are using Skype for its intended purpose? We're, we're, uh, we are insignificant. Yes. But what if that, what if your pie graph instead also included, so you say podcasters plus people you who use Skype for things like, interviews. Now, that may not be a, uh, a even a plurality of the pie, but it does represent a significant power user piece of the pie. You know, um, whether that's for news shows or journalism, I don't know. I'll just say this. Every, every change that makes this app want to be more of a social media platform bugs the hell out of me. Yeah, we use uh, all sorts of uh, teleconferencing software at work for its intended purpose, which is like for work people to talk to each other and have work meetings, and it's all terrible. Oh, it's... So, it's, so it doesn't, doesn't really help if even if you're in the uh, fat part of the bell curve for the market of, of a product. Telecommunications is hard, and I don't, I just, you know, I don't know. It just seems like uh, an impossible problem for, uh, n- not technologically speaking, but business model. Like in terms of the business model, like the only way you can do it is for it to be enterprise software with all of that entails <laughs> or uh, us to have, what is it? The off label that they call when you use the drugs. Yeah. For, off label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's we're like using it's, it's, Skype it's for designed for epilepsy management, but you could use it for, you can use it to podcast. Yeah. That's you what we're doing. Podcast. <laughs> My daughter mainly uses scratch these days to create things that could give people a seizure. She's very into using scratch to make flashing backgrounds. Well, you know, Scratch is programming. Uh, I think you sure. decided it's not. I think you decided it's uh, snapping blocks know. together. Well, yeah, I got a little bit of pushback on on uh, Twitter about that. Of like, what? I think I I haven't listened to this episode yet, so I, can't, I always forget what I say until I hear myself say it again, and then I agree with myself again. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I find it was it, not I find that long ago, but anyway, 
I feel like typing is an important part of it. Yeah, I mean, the the, the problem with um, the unintentional probably problem with most robots or nots is that, so this is another show that uh, John Syracuse does with Jason Snell. That it, it started out as, just for folks who aren't listening, you should listen to it. It's really good. It's a very, very, very short podcast in which Jason Snell takes a question from the audience. And for the longest time, it was asking John to rule whether it was a robot or not. Robot the Dance, I think you decided is not a robot. Uh, but now that's turned in this entire, I'm looking at recent episodes. What is, what qualifies as programming? What is reality TV, personal computers, Noki? Is that how you say it? Noki? Uh, (laughs) what even are seasons? Uh, and then you, uh, you adjudicate that and you do a really good job of framing how you are arriving at that decision and then looking at what fits in the window of what you would call that. The problem, especially with, I'm going to say programming is that it has an implicit value judgment to it. That intentionally or not, what you end up saying is, okay, I'm a programmer, A, and I am deciding what is and is not programming, and then C, I'm by extension saying that if you do this, you are not a quote-unquote programmer. And then I think that's going to get people steamed. I didn't, I, again, I haven't, <laughs> haven't listened to the episode. I said so unintentional. I, I, said remember, I, I, remember I don't what think I said. I, thought, I, don't, I don't think you mean it to be judgy. I don't think you're being judgy. I mean, yeah, you're somewhat thought, judgy I about bagels. I, my recollection is in that episode, I actually... Uh, anticipated that and and tried to say that it's not a value judgment, but maybe that was just uh, reinforcing it. By, I feel like uh, what you said that one of the biggest things, and you haven't listened to it again, but was, um, does it have a debugger? But can you step through? If you can't yeah, step yeah, that through was just it, categorization-wise, yeah. but I was, what I was trying not to do is say, oh, well, if you, well, if you just do HTML and CSS, like you're somehow lesser. But like the, the show is about what is and isn't yeah. the thing or whatever. So, so I you're saying like, they're, they're a bad person. I got. I guess got to. Uh, I got to draw lines. No, there's not not bad person at all. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no judgment. Oh no, no judgment. just right, just right. Um, yeah, my daughter announced to me the other day that <laughs> Scratch is way better than Swift. That's based. Yeah, well, that's based on Swift Playgrounds versus three weeks of uh, Scratch. Yeah, they classes. try so hard with Swift Playgrounds, like to make the the cute little robot and moving around, but in the end, you're typing stuff and you're like, ugh. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. This is, uh, I didn't ask you about this. Uh, I got a couple uh, curveballs for you. One curveball. Um, we've talked before about kids and technology. What kind of technology do we want and absolutely not want in school? We talked about that from several angles. I mean, okay, well, let me start with the easiest one. Before I get to my big question, which is, is Scratch potentially useful for a kid getting a basis for thinking about programming? Before I get to that, is Scratch damaging to a kid? Uh, in terms of uh, a future in programming, is it going to get in the way? Oh no, absolutely not. Because you're that, learning, I've, you're learning the loops and the conditionals and stuff, right? It, it doesn't even matter if you're like it. It, it won't get in the way. Like it, it is either helpful or has no effect. Uh, but it's definitely not going to get in the way. Like anything. It, first of all, it's a thing you do on a computer. So anything you do on a computer that makes you feel more comfortable, mm-hmm. like the, the, one of the main angles that it well, probably well, you has, get a, it, get a mouse in your son's hand. <laughs> Yeah, like, no, really, just just the idea that the computer is a thing where you, yes, you, can make things happen, not just, like, see other things that other people have made happen, right? Yeah. Where, you know, using it as a tool for creation, that, and, and becoming comfortable with it and, and getting over the fear, like, there are so many positive angles for it, even if it had nothing to do with programming. But it does kind of have something to do with programming, so there's some benefit there as well. Yeah, she loves it. And one thing that's really cool is because, I don't know, I don't understand how this is hosted, but... She just whips out her Chromebook and shows me stuff she made in class. So I guess she has an account where she can log in and pull that down. I don't know if there's some kind of general scratch repository, but it's pretty cool. And she'll sit there and tinker with it and, and build stuff. It's pretty neat. 
No, 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 no turtle though. What's the turtle one? Logo. Logo. Yeah, similar. Just a way to get you know get people over that hurdle. You have to type of logo though. Type, told, typing is no fun. I told you one day she came home and she said, "I said, what did you do?" And she said, uh, "We we made a game called Pong." Mm-hmm. Wait till she learns about Ganipkinop. Oh, Ganipkinop! Can you make that in a in a scratch? I'm just thinking of uh, things from the 70s that oh, involve yeah. the word Pong. Make a um, what's it? Stay alive, the survival game. I'm a soul survivor. <laughs> Pretty sneaky. It was like from the, from the Princess Bride when I was your age. Uh, video games were called books. <laughs> I think that's the line. When yeah. I was your age, uh, video games were called board games, and they sucked. Well, and of course, you know, I I, I try not to pull out the old man card because I know how boring it is. But I was like, mm-hmm. you're not going to believe this. But that little pong thing you put together in Scratch that used to be a console video game that cost a quarter. It used to cost twenty five cents to do that, and then when you could do it at home on your own TV. It was a really big deal. Oh, speaking of video games, we did a work outing recently where we went to this uh, combination bowling alley arcade thing or whatever. And I was fascinated to go to arcades. I guess I'll start with the bowling because I haven't been I haven't been bowling in, I think, decades. And I know this is not representative of bowling. This is just one of those like places. that's basically a bar with some other stuff. Like get a, people a Dave, Dave and Buster Z kind of experience. Right, right. And so the bowling was like, it's not it's not proper bowling. I'm, and I'm sure proper bowling absolutely still exists. It's just what do you, that, what do you that, mean? What, what does that even mean? Proper bowling. You know proper bowling. We proper both bowling. Proper you got bowling. a lane with those mm-hmm. uh, little strips of wood and you got some right. arrows. Ball you got, comes up. You got fluorescent lights that are very bright so you can see everything. Mm-hmm. You got black balls, maybe some colored swirl ones with a little yeah. tiny number in them. Oh, you had rock, you have rock and roll bowling. It was, might as well have been. It was a dimly lit bowling alley. So right away, I was like, this is not proper bowling. The whole <laughs> lane needs to be lit by fluorescent lights. I, I know proper bowling has to still exist because it's in the Big Lebowski. Which oh, is, 100% you know, it exists. Right. It's still very much a thing. I need the light to find that second arrow. Right. You got the shoes. You got the people in the outfits. You got the the ball return. You got the little blower thing for your hand. Uh, right. So this was dimly lit. It had uh, fluorescent glowy things around the pins at the end just so you could see where the pins are. Yeah. The balls were beat to hell. They look like the surface of the moon. Like, I don't know how balls could be this weathered and damaged. Like, are they sandblasted? Are, are they meant to be not smooth? But they look like Boulders. someone has been at them with the back end of a hammer for hours. Ugh. All of them. That's no fun. Right. They, they, they were color-coded by weights. You, you couldn't get different finger hole sizes. It was They were just one weight and one finger hole size. When you bowled your ball down the alley, and we were the only ones there because it was like, you know, at noon on Tuesday, as uh, Cheryl Crow said. Um, and you throw one ball down the alley, and it goes wherever it goes, and then you wait, and a ball comes back in the ball return. It's not the ball you just threw. Oh, come so, on. Is there a buffer back there? So we were trying to figure out, is it like a five-ball buffer? As far as I could tell, there was a series of elves back there who had a giant mountain of balls who every time a ball came through, they'd be like, which one should we send back this time? Man, eh, send that one back. Like, That's so it, it was, weird. It was just random, right? So you really so, couldn't use your own ball. Oh, no, forget it. You'd never get it back. That's what we were talking about. Like, what if you brought your own ball? <laughs> That's and we, so we, weird. We, we very quickly came up with the, the, the you know, like, that this is not the kind of bowling alley where you bring your own ball because it's not proper bowling. Anyway, setting aside the bowling, and I'm terrible at bowling now, which is sad. That's role. a shame. That's a very fun Newly game. Newly programmer arms couldn't break 100. Very mm-hmm. sad. Um, what? No. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Man. Wow. I, I, I it's all it's all gone like towards the end i started to get a little bit of a back but it yeah. just it was you know pretty good at wee bowling though anyway 
Uh, if you throw at the wall, you get a strike and there's an explosion. Yeah, right. Uh, you got the big one with like a thousand pins or whatever. It's great. Oh, I love um, that one. So have you been to an arcade recently? Uh, no. I mean, the only arcade-ish things that I encounter these days are movie theaters and hotel uh, type operations. I have not been in a proper arcade to spend time and money in a real long time. So unlike proper rolling alleys, which do still exist, I'm pretty sure proper video arcades don't really exist anymore, not the way we remember them. And it's for a couple of reasons. Last time I was in one of these, I think when the kids were younger, uh, I noticed that what what they had were a couple of crappy quote unquote modern video games, which basically looked like uh, PlayStation two games. If you're lucky, PlayStation three games hmm. on a very large screen. A lot of things where you're holding a light gun type of thing up and shooting, not an actual light gun, but you know what I mean? A, a gun, like, up like a, a bear, bear shoot kind of thing and, and shoot at stuff. The graphics aren't very good. Like basically, you know, phone games look better at this point. Right. So yeah. there's that type of game, but those are the modern games, right? Last time I was at one, they still had some of the vintage things. So they'd have like Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man, like a Galaga centipede, some like just old, dusty, creaky, really tired looking machines of like old classic video games, right? Uh, and then the rest of the arcade was uh, Vegas for Kids. You know, you know Vegas for Kids, right? Uh, the claw games and stuff. Yep, uh, things with little coins, games uh, of little unquote, wheels that you quote spin. Unquote games of quote unquote skill. Right, just basically gambling for children, mm-hmm. where it's some kind of rigged game to get you to feed your money into it for some crappy prize, you know, or tickets. Oh, and skee-ball. Skee-ball at least is an enjoyable thing. You're like, yeah, it's a ticket thing, but you get to play a fun game called skee-ball. But the rest of them, they're not fun. You're trying to get things on lily pads. You're trying to push coins off an edge. You're, you know, it's just you're trying to play all of the rigged claw games. And so that's what I thought arcades were, that the, the gambling for kids had taken over. There was a little tiny bit of the vintage games, and then the, the quote-unquote modern games were all just sad, right? Mm-hmm. There are two new strains of games in arcades now. One, it, the classic video games apparently have all broken, right? So you can't have an actual Ms. Pac-Man or Galaga or whatever, right? Oh, Instead, what you have is Ms. Pac-Man or Galaga, but not in an original machine. Instead, up on like a giant wall size screen made of actual LEDs, right? So like what? little light up red, green, and blue dots or something, some huge thing like that, or a very large sideways LCD television playing Galaga at like 7X size, right? Ugh. Like not not the regular game. And the input lag on these things was terrible. I don't know if they're MAME cabinets or if they're officially licensed or whatever, but all the screens are big and weird, like world's biggest Pac-Man. It's the size of a wall. And again, the screens are, you know, instead of having a light up screen, it was just a bunch of little LEDs, a bunch of little dot uh, lights, oh, right? Make so you can see the pixels. Yeah, that was gross. And the second uh, variety is, are arcade cabinets, again, mostly with sideways televisions because that's cheap to make, right? Like just a regular television turn on its side to be vertical with phone games on them. So they had fl- a Flappy Bird clone. They had Crossy Road, officially licensed Crossy Road, with a single button controller. And if anyone has ever played Crossy Road, you know you don't play that game with a single button. You need to be able to go right, left, back, and forward, not, not just a single direction, a single button. I'm like, how, what the hell does it do when you can't go far? Like, there's nothing in front of you. It's like having it Donkey jumps. Kong without a jump button. Yeah, it goes. It decides to go left or right on an angle when it comes to an impassable obstacle. Yeah. This game sucks. So if you ever wanted to pay 63 imaginary points which translates to some amount of money that you can't calculate in your head but is surely more than 25 cents to play 30 seconds of flappy burger across your road on a giant screen you can do that or you could play it on your phone where the graphics are better 
and doesn't cost you money. So it was a very sad experience. Um, you said that, you know, you wonder if there is really any such thing as a, you know, cl- classic arcade anymore. Well, part of that is that a classic arcade used to be a place that you went to play video games, just to play video games and drinks like at the Red Baron and stuff like that. Drinks were not even allowed. It was just about teen, mostly teen boys, but teens pumping quarters into machines. And there was a lot of competition to have the most recent machines to have several of that machine. I mean, if it was something like at a certain time, like not, maybe not Dragon's Lair, that was too costly, but like any of like Williams machines, like you would see multiples of that, you know, you'd have a Gorf and stuff like that. But, um, I wonder how much the draw there is somebody gets, uh, two to seven drinks in them and goes, Oh my God, Galaga. Oh yeah. I mean, it's definitely the nostalgia factor, but like it, it, it's no longer enough to have an actual Galaga machine or maybe they all broke or maybe, you know, people don't want to make CRTs anymore. Right. But it's not, you don't get the real nostalgia because it's not the real game and they play terribly. Like I don't, again, the input lag is horrendous. I don't know if it's, if it's MAME or if it's about the screen display or whatever it is, but it's, you really would have to be drunk to, to think that this was, you know, any fun. Same thing with the bowling alley. Like while the balls are all beat to hell, like, but the arcade part is just, it's depressing. Like, yes, kids like phone games, but now you're going to charge, try to charge kids money to play phone games. They'll just play them on their phone for free. Like, I don't see how that's working. And the gambling games for kids, like, it's a more efficient way to get money out of them. Why, why are we working so hard to make a game that people will feed quarters into and that they'll work hard to get better at so they can play for an hour in a single quarter? That's no good. Yeah, it's you want to depre- make money. It's just depressing. It's depressing. Yeah, you want to make money? Gambling is the way you make money. Get the, get the little kids addicted to gambling. People love gambling. I just heard a, uh, a, not great, but pretty good episode of uh, 20,000 Hertz about uh, designing sound for uh, slot machines. And it was, uh, it was pretty wild. I didn't realize just how many, the, I, I, I don't know, I, I didn't know or I have forgotten that it is the most profitable gaming um, type in a casino is the slot machine. It, it's a, like the thing people play the most and spend the most money on. But also how many are, are licensed? There's like a, there's like a KISS uh slot machine you know i don't know there's probably like a like a buffy thing anyway whatever <laughs> there's all these different ones and you just go and they they design it was a pretty it was pretty interesting i i didn't like it because i love that show but i think they were went way too easy on the people there about like the whole gambling thing to begin with they there was not a lot of discussion of like kind of what a terrible thing gambling is <laughs> but um but it was really interesting to hear them talk about sound design and things like how you place the speakers so that you hear it but you, the other people don't hear it and you you know use sparkly you know fairy dust sounds you know to keep people engaged and when to avoid a chirpy sound and when to have like a, a guttural sound and eh, i think that stuff's interesting it's come yeah, a long way that's for damn sure this is the uh problem with the human condition like we get smarter and better at doing things and like a lot of the nostalgia for the old days is when we were less good at doing things that we ostensibly want to do like for instance uh have a profitable business Uh, before we had all the knowledge and tools that we have now we were less good at making people part with their money in the most efficient way but now we have lots of research, lots of technology. We can tighten the feedback loops. We have much more information than we used to. There's, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of giants in terms of basic research about human psychology. Yeah. And we're getting better and better about, you know, better and better at capitalism, better and better at uh, consumer psychology. And we're making devices that are more efficient uh, at getting more money for more people with less effort and less time. Mm-hmm. And in terms of 
entertainment that is like a dystopia, like, you know, that, that all entertainment becomes worse if you step back from it, but much better at taking money from us, free to play games, you know, mm-hmm. gambling, you know, like the best technology we had in the past was, was casinos and gambling. Like that was, that was the height of human achievement. And now it's like, what about the people who aren't susceptible to that? Even when we can't get them to drink and, and gamble, we can get them to play Candy Crush forever. Like when I was in the UK, by the way, whatever game that says it might be Candy Crush, I don't recognize these games, but it looked kind of like a, a jewel type game where people were swiping and making jewels disappear. Everybody on every train I went on was playing that. It was it was kind of like a Black Mirror thing. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand why that why this the that show came out of that country because it's just like really like every, I, I, at a certain point I made a note of it. I'm going to go on this train. I'm going to look at the person next to me who's on a phone, and I'm going to see what they're doing. Oh, they're swiping gems. Jewels, jewels and fruits. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. But, but, oh, it definitely was the same game. I'm not sure if it was Candy Crush, but they were all playing it. That's so wild. Yeah, it's fun. I, I'm a shoulder surfer. I always, to, to the point of annoying my family, I'm always curious what people are doing on their devices, whether it's on a plane or on public transit or wherever you are. Sometimes I'll just watch people quit apps, you know, for 10 minutes. Um, that, that's a very, that's a very common way to wind down on the train. It's just quitting all your apps, but it is, it is funny. I, I agree with you. Um, especially among, I want to say maybe middle-aged people. Um, I can't believe, not that I can't believe I, I was, I'm kind of surprised with how many people in there what looks to me forties and fifties spend the entire train ride playing a game like that. Uh, the other big change I notice, just an- totally anecdotally is, you know, three or five years ago, it was all Facebook. And now so much of it is um, Instagram. Instagram is, I mean, just, <laughs> I, I'm not a statistician, but I'm here to tell you, man, you see so much more Instagram now than uh, Facebook. Do you notice that? I mean, I don't ride public transport for my job, which is why I'm only noticing when I'm on vacation. But uh, I remember seeing more Facebook than I do now. I'm, I, what I notice now, and aside from the games, is texting, which makes me feel better somehow. Like when I see people te- obsessively texting, I feel like, well, good. People You're are fast. People have become very fast typists. Yes, but that's one thing I noticed is how, like one person, uh, uh, I think me and my wife commented that he, that guy is so fast with his one hand because he was doing one thumb typing, which is not particularly efficient, but he was really fast. Anyway, texting. You're connecting with another person. I hope. I hope they're not talking all, all talking to chatbots. You're talking to another person. It's not charging you. There is no free-to-play mechanic trying to suck more money out of you. Hell, we don't even get charged per text anymore. So good on you, right? It's like it's like the electronic version of seeing somebody go, oh, they're reading a book. That's nice. Yeah, Facebook. I feel like Facebook uh, versus Instagram. Uh, Facebook is another victim of us learning to more efficiently extract value, right? Because Facebook is a very complicated thing that has a lot of moving parts, right? And Instagram is simpler. It's like that's... There's too much there. How about just pictures and reflexive liking? And then we can show people ads. Yeah. There's less, fewer moving parts. It's simpler. Uh, there's not as much going on. There's not as much variability. Uh, it is a more efficient machine for harvesting attention or whatever the hell they're doing with it. You know what I learned? I learned that you can mute people on Instagram. Yeah. Did you mention this on a recent podcast? I don't know, but I did notice that. And... Uh, it's really helping get my focus down to babies and cats. It's, yeah, it's, well, it's it really, on, it was it's really by Friday. Good. Were you discussing it? Like it doesn't work like Twitter mutes. It's like reverse of Twitter mutes or something. I don't know. I hope I'm not hurting anybody's feelings, but I'm mainly here for the dogs and the babies. Yeah. But why, well, uh, you don't want to unfollow? Like why don't you I don't, unfollow? I don't know. I already follow so few people. I, I feel like a real turd if it was somebody I was acquainted with that I followed for three oh, days. And as then long as stopped. you're not muting me, everything's fine. 
I wouldn't know if I'm. How can you mute me? That's right. I never post never anything. Post anything. Should be, that's why I feel I, I, I take as a personal affront if somebody mutes me because it's like, what are you muting? I never post anything. Yeah, they're, mu- they're muting the idea of you. Look at this, Stuart, yeah. Stuart Wellington with a kitty cat. Did you see that? First uh, of all, Stuart's getting amazing hair, and second, <laughs> it's him with a kitty cat uh, out behind the hinterlands. How cute is that? No, I don't follow many people on. Uh, oh, you should follow. He's got a kitty cat. First, he fed it, and now he's holding it, and he's got crazy I, hair. I'm, I like the dogs better than the cats, and I don't know him so. My neighbors just got dogs, and it's the best thing. My neighbors just ado- adopted uh, two dogs. Their dog passed away a couple years ago, very sadly. We love Sadie. But they just adopted two new dogs from a... Uh, uh, <laughs> what's the opposite of a kill shelter? Do you say a, a no-kill shelter? you say a kill shelter? Shelter, from, a shelter of life. <laughs> the shelter of life. They, you can basically, I did not know this, my neighbors, whom I love, told me about this. You can get online and you can basically shop for dogs through these aggregators, these sites that aggregate all these adoptable dogs. That's where I got my dog. Okay, well, there you go. They got theirs, like, drop shipped from uh, San Antonio, a brother and a sister. And they oh, went we, had, to, we had to go get ours, but yeah, well, the they aggregators. picked them up at SFO. They made a donation, and then when they picked up their dogs at SFO and came home, we got to meet them the very next morning while they were learning steps. So I'm assuming these doggies are are not barking like crazy, which is why you're like, I don't mind at all. It's like a baby. Like once you've had a baby, you don't <laughs> mind baby. Uh, ah, really? You talk to your other co-host John Roderick about the joys of barking dogs. Oh, that well, that mm-hmm. yeah. No, these dogs are sweet angels. They're so sweet. One of them pooped on the other one's head accidentally. It was really what cute. kind? What kind of dogs? They are a something something terrier. Um, they're some kind of like fairly long legged. I think it, is there such a thing as like a, a, a sh- like a sh- I don't want to say a shepherd terrier because that doesn't make sense. But they're kind of like a shepherd dog terrier. I wonder if that's a thing. They look a little bit daisy like to be honest. How big? They're three and a half months old, and I would peg them to be two and a half feet. Tall, maybe. Oh, so how big are they going to get? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But we, we got to know them. We're going we're gonna to be a part of their life. We've been invited to be part of their life, uh, which makes me very happy. They've invited my daughter to help walk the dog, dogs <laughs> and to socialize them. And when, when I see them outside, <laughs> I open the window and yell at them. My daughter tells me I'm weird. As if your daughter didn't uh, wasn't indifferent to savvy enough as, as it is now. <laughs> now. Now someone has a real pet and she's like, move over, ugly fur thing. Or savvy's really slowing down. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. such a monster right now we've really put off getting her groomed and she's her sneezing <laughs> and her ear mites are really bad right now oh and the and these two beautiful meow. puppies move in next door and she's no, gonna say daddy distracted why boyfriend. didn't we get a dog daddy <laughs> why do we have this thing well you know i think we still need to take steps very slowly but it is very clear we all agree that God forbid Savvy ever dies. God cat's forbid. cat's going to live for 20 years. Well, they said she was younger than she is. 20 more years oh, is Jesus. the curse. The curse of Savvy, they call it. <laughs> You're already planning for, for her timely death. <laughs> I want to see the amiibo for that. And it will not come to pass. Um, She'll outlive you No, she's going to be like a freaking Honda Civic. You know it. You know You know that she's going to be fine for like 25 years. But you're, but you're already planning like, okay, well, well no, no, so God when, forbid, when your daughter graduates from, from God, medical school. Don't even talk then, about it. God, God forbid our sweet, precious angel ever die. God forbid. Heaven forfend. Perish the thought. Comma. But uh, we all agree we'd like something Corgi-ish. Oh, Corgi. Okay, do you know what's cool about a Corgi? First of all, Corgis are amazing. Here's the other thing about a corgi. You get a corgi mix. Do you know the secret of corgi mixes? 
What is the secret? The secret of corgi mixes, and I encourage you to go on the internet and prove this oh, to yourself. That, that it always looks like a, a corgi dressed up as the other. It looks breed. like a corgi cosplaying as a different dog. It it looks like a corgi dressed as a German Shepherd or a Dachshund, and it corgis is. Corgis are a little mean, though. And no, the devil you say. Look at those yeah. sweet eyes. I know they look cute, but they're a little mean, and like <laughs> all purebreds, they have health problems, even when you just mix it with the one corgi. You get a mud. Corgi, get, get a dog-shaped mutt. You'll be much better corgi off. Although, mean. I'm not sure you're ready to bring a dog into your life, considering oh how, much, how much angst this cat has caused and how low-maintenance cats are. You, to. you know what? Okay, that's easy for from a distance. That's a very easy diagnosis for you to just slough mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I have been a champion with this goddamn cat. I have I been so good I, to this I cat. I did not want this cat. It's a sweet, mm-hmm. precious angel. I'm glad it's in our house. I never wanted it. We are so good to this cat. You, you have don't gone even know. above and beyond for the cat. I've gone above and beyond for three cats. You could get you get a six pack of cats, and it would be less trouble than this. Thing right, is. right. But I feel like a dog is, is still a step up. Let's see if I can find a good photo for you. Because you're going to end up taking care of this dog pretty much entirely yourself. Dogs a different game, much, man. And actually, I told our neighbors. Bird. I said my my friend John, my friend John does not normally do projects, but he had a project last summer, which is getting a dog, and he's still very. Very busy with this project. This project is ongoing. She she threw up her entire breakfast right in front of me this morning. Sweet, precious angel. It's just one big ball. I'm like, well, that's convenient. At least you didn't spread it's it. all in one place. Uh, where are you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is part of our ongoing series. Uh, I can't something. In this case, you can see she's next to the keyboard. That's called I can't keyboard. See that? She looks silly next to the keyboard. Sometimes she lays right on my daughter's belongings. I can't breathe because my face is squished. I was. I can't bred. stop. I can't stop bleeding black goo onto my own face. I was bred this way. Please let me die. <laughs> Pray for me. The fur helps hide the the like the tiny like the worm within. Oh, the volvular face flaps that she has. Her, no, just her, the whole body thing. The it's snot sluice. It really, really, really fills her out. Doesn't she look? She looks kind of. Doesn't she? Th- she look a little bit Star Wars. Yeah, you know she weighs six pounds. So look at look at that cat and know that mm-hmm. she weighs six pounds. Well, now, now seven with the hair. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by SaneBox. You can learn more about SaneBox right now by visiting SaneBox.com/slash/differences. I'm going to speak to you, the listener here, because I bet every person listening to this show has something they do not like about email. Can I literally beg you to not get me started? There's so much I don't like about email. And this is why you need to go out and try SaneBox. It would be lovely, uh, but it's not practical to just delete all your email. I've tried. It keeps coming in. I'll be getting email after I'm dead. I've checked. Undoubtedly, there is important stuff in there that you have to deal with. But one of the big ongoing problems with email is that all email looks the same. Bleep, bloop, bleep, bloop, more email. And at a glance, it can be difficult to try and decipher which messages actually need your actual attention. Well, uh, wouldn't it be nice if your email could be pre-sorted before it even hits your inbox? That is what SaneBox is all about. SaneBox sorts through your email and it moves all of the trivial stuff into uh, different appropriate folders. So only the messages in your inbox are the only ones you need. It's all right there. Please pay attention to me. I am email bleep bloop. The great thing is that it will work seamlessly with your current system and with any app. Now, one of the best features of SaneBox, this is so cool. This is something called the black hole. The black hole. All you need to do is move an unwanted email into that folder and you'll never hear from that sender ever again. With SaneBox, you can also set up email reminders, snooze your email and so much more. I have, uh, I have used SaneBox and it is awful cool. What I love about it is it is very intuitive. 
This is not going to become a part-time job for you. You just let SaneBox know the kind of stuff that's important to you, and it'll take care of it for you. It's so super disco. And to help you get a little more in organization in your inbox, we've worked with our friends at SaneBox to get you a great deal. You go to SaneBox.com slash differences today and get a two-week free trial and an extra $20 in credit just because you listen to this show. You go to SaneBox.com slash differences. That's D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E-S. And you go and you check it out. You don't have to enter your credit card. Don't need it. Unless you decide to buy. There's nothing to lose. You go check it out. You go to SaneBox.com slash differences. D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E-S. The S is for special. Our thanks to SaneBox for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Should we talk about Elon Musk at some point? I feel like uh, I feel like we, we need to talk about Elon Musk at some point. Maybe. Well, we should, shouldn't we wait for? Uh, should we wait for a sign? Is there, is there some uh... today? Today he got a writer to delete his Twitter account, and I think he's losing his job because he's threatening to sue. It's uh, what's Daniel Dilger's thing? Seeking Alpha. He's, yeah, uh, but uh, but he works for the oil industry, so really it was a triumph. That's according to uh, <laughs> see Elon Musk financial Twitter, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I have you gotten the same, into Elon Musk financial Twitter yet? It's a hell the same of a thing. glancing blow with this topic as you did because somehow it sneaks it sneaks into our Twitter streams. Yeah, I think I got it, I got it via David uh, Isakoff, who's a really solid follow. Um, yeah, but so that's true. Is that like a genuine uh, scandal? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just Elon Musk being Elon Musk, and but I stand by my him. Ashley Feinberg retweet. Like, doesn't he have stuff to do? Like, we said, I don't, I, think, I, I don't think he does. Like, what do you think? What do you think he would be doing? Like, it's mostly made, just telling other to make people a to do things. Waterproof child sarcophagus. He's mad at everybody. He's not shipping his stuff on time. Whatever happened to his underground tube? He's, he's just, just sleeping he's on the mad. floor of the factory. He's he's sh- through sheer force of genius and will causing other people to be great. Oh, he's doing a Bezos. He's like he's like sleeping under a door that he's using as a desk. Yeah. The, the, the thing about Elon Musk is the parallels with Steve Jobs are there's a lot of them, right? And it's just like it's a fun exercise to see uh, what's different. Why is Steve Jobs? You can use almost- stuff Steve Jobs made. <laughs> Uh, almost he universally <laughs> beloved and elon musk has this polarizing effect but the thing people who think that i think it's like uh they don't remember the old steve jobs which was just as polarizing and perhaps even more was it one hated. year one year after the macintosh right he's out after one yeah, year. 80, 85 he's gone yeah that's so that's so wild yeah um i mean i think one thing uh, i don't you know what don't email me but you know one thing about steve jobs he he uh I guess people have probably always done this thing, but there's a thing that he would do um, that lots of people do now, which is that he would, let's just, I'm not saying he would write a check that his ass couldn't cash, but I would say he would write a post-dated check that he hoped his ass would be able to catch up on. And the, th- the truth is, eventually, a lot of the times he did. And sometimes it was even better than we expected. The thing about a lot of these dinglings is they're just out there making announcements all the time. And, uh, I mean, I don't follow the Tesla stuff closely, but like, I don't want Elon Musk in my life, but it just feels like he's there all the time. And he seems like a, I don't know. I don't like to be unkind. He seems like kind of a bad person and really kind of a serial jerk. Don't, don't sue me, but you know, yeah, I he's got, got a little bit of a Larry Ellison vibe, but without the dignity, maybe or John like, McAfee. He's got a little bit of McAfee going. Uh, I mean, he's not that wackadoo yet. Not um, yet. Yeah, that's why I was saying we're, we're waiting for a sign. But I, I think the main difference of Jobs, I think, <laughs> yeah, is right, that... right, this is the end of the river. <laughs> yeah, is that the Jobs had a certain vulnerability, a certain self-pit- self-pitying vulnerability. 
aspect. Like that was a big part of her, his personality. Like yeah. Jobs Jobs would break down and cry. Jobs felt things deeply. Sometimes, you know, he he would, you know, wallow in self-pity briefly or be very uh, hurt or, you know, like, and Elon Musk is all about never showing that to be the case. Right. Right. He is, right, right, he right. is you know, toxic masculine, toxic tech nerd masculinity turned to 10 all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no hugging, no learning. Just <laughs> do- domination. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, brutal logic, intelligence, wealth, power, mm, technology. Total She's a topakash. All the time. Right. That, and that's, and I think the, the cult of personality surrounding Steve Jobs is a different population than the cult of personality surrounding Elon Musk, mostly because of that. Uh, yeah. You know, and Steve Jobs definitely had his cult, right? It's got, a, uh, it's got a kind of MAGA feel to it, to be honest. The um, reflexive defense, ugly, just ugly, ugly defense of everything that he does by his flying monkeys is such a turnoff to me. Yeah, although, like, with the whole thing of, like, uh, Elon Musk looking up his Twitter person and calling their employer and, and you know telling them to stop or whatever. Steve Jobs would totally find who you work for and call your employer and tell you stop. 100% he would do that. That's He's why, a that's monster. Wh- yeah. That's why it reminded me so much. Like, that's, that's such a Steve Jobs move. Uh, but, and yet, <laughs> What still, have you ever made? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yet, <laughs> that's still and like, probably my favorite episode of Hypercritical ever. <sighs> yeah, well, that was, you, were, you were so, you almost got kind of emotional about it. Like, it was real. No, no, I'm not making fun of you. It was actually I did. I really, got emotional about a whole bunch of Steve Jobs stuff. But, but just the fact that I mean, obviously, the main. Your main I was point, in that cult. I'm into. I'm in the uh, self pitying, crying cult. Right. Join the club. <laughs> That's, that, those were my people. Why do you take the book contract if you couldn't write the book? The um the uh first of all, I got the quote wrong. Uh, the quote was, "This was the end of the river." All right. Oh, I almost I almost did an audio supercut of, of you and John getting quotes wrong unintentionally. I'm not going to let you retroactively we're say you were, were doing. We're so close. We I'm know I'm not going to let you say you were doing it on purpose to be funny because you weren't. You saying we got our Godfather wrong? Oh, it was like it was like it line was after close. line after line after line, just was, slightly they were wrong, pretty close. not on purpose. You were yeah, not, not doing like everybody it on says. And so then you, I you think, get really hung up on very specific things about wording that are not important to the thrust of the quote. No, no. Like, I, I understand. Like, it's fine. It's just it was usually like in, in the normal back and forth. <laughs> someone gets one and then people people misremember and then you get one to misremember. And this was just like a string of like, all right, come on. The next one's going to be on the nose. Nope. Missed it by a word. OK, the next one's going to do it. Nope. And everything, cap- everything that's in the show is in the show. I don't mute. Yeah. I don't mute. You, everything you that's in You capped it in. off with uh, with one. Uh, I might still bang, make bang the cocktail waitresses? I think it'll work for you. I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah. No, please I think don't. You, yeah, you ended it with that one, which I think was actually correct. So it was a nice capper. He was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. I think that's a correct quote. Yeah, it's close. Uh, The other thing was Steve Jobs. No, but that's a really good episode. We should find that for notes. Uh, By the way, my hypercritical shirt uh, did arrive. Yeah, my giant package of shirts are also arrived. I I, I was opening the shirts and I'm like, why do we buy so many shirts? We're trying to figure out who they belong to. And then eventually we came to the realization that I had purchased shirts for the children that they would eventually grow into. (laughs) Because I didn't know if we were ever going to make these shirts again and they do wear out. So we can't get just the size they are now, but we should get the size we think they're going to be. My daughter has outgrown her Roderick on the Line shirt, having worn it precisely twice, as far as I know. Got a nice bell on it. Uh, You, uh, anyway, Hypercritical was a good show. I still really enjoy it. Um... Hey, tell people, what's that site that you told me about? Uh, five by five time machine. The best way you can find this is, oh, that's not, I don't know if this is the best way. Anyway, if you go to hypercritical.co, which is my the, website, the, that, the that bookmark that's live, you can add to it if you find yeah, it. Yeah, and then you go to about, and then you scroll to the bottom of the about page, and you go to appearances, and then it shows retired podcasts, and then there's a little section that says, hey, here's the feed. Uh, but if you want to uh, 
see the feed with the after dark. If you want to re-experience uh, right. all the great shows, you can go in. And then uh, is it correct that the way this fellow, uh, credit to Kyle Cronin, the way it works is you get it on the same timetable as if you were a listener in 2011 or whatever. Yep. Five by so you, five time machine. Dot com. Dot com. Five, the fives are digits and not the words spelled out. Right, thanks uh, to five by five time machine. Uh, that's cool. That's a good thing. That was a very good show. Those were good. You know, you know the ones I like. I like, mm-hmm. I like, I like those two. Uh, I like the preserving star Wars one. I like the one with the, with the, with the TiVo remote. Uh, I, I like a lot of them. A lot of us are still listening to those, John. We don't like you personally, but we really like your program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, people tweet at me occasionally when they make it through a run. And then I and then I fave them. I get that with Roderick. Uh, with Rod- the, another show I do called Roderick on the Line. I get that sometimes from people. And I'm like, you've listened to every one of these shows like three times. Like, yep, just finished another run through. It's like, gee, long haul truckers. They got a lot of time out there on the road. Is that what it is? They get some of that trucker speed. I mean, they got to have a certain amount of time. Yeah, right? and Podcasts I always, are good I always for that. imagine podcast listening is like. I mean, this this is probably not true, but the way I do podcast listening in my life, I imagine other people do the same thing, which is. Listening to things is mostly for a time when you can't be both listening and watching, right? So if mm-hmm. you're doing laundry or doing the dishes or driving or something where you need to actually pay attention and look at something else, but your yeah. ears are free, that's prime podcast. Oh, I treasure that time. That, I, that's why I do the dishes so much now. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. walking the dog or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, and so I imagine the people who are making like three runs through a giant uh, collection of audio must have a lot of time in their life that is like that. I have, um, we are both acquainted with the developer of an app called Overcast that is a podcast listening app. And um, I have maybe ever suggested three or four things as features. Unfortunately, most of what I went on of Overcast is on the website. I know you'll never touch that. But uh, boy, there's one uh, that would just be so cool for me, which is the, for this show, in the taxonomy for this show, never delete automatically. Because there's some stuff where I just want to go back. There are certain Mabim Bams. Uh, there are certain meditation podcasts where I just want to keep those forever. And like, if it runs out, I don't want it to go away. Because I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a bit you flip for the whole app to say delete automatically or don't. Right. Yeah, it took, and it took a long time for that to come. For a long time, he held the line on. Uh, yeah. Or that it was going to delete them. Uh, and now I think there are some choices, but I still have it on the default. Like there's the problem is like what people really want is just like infinite control over when things get deleted. And that's very complicated. Well, it's just, it makes a very, not very pretty app that then becomes unmanageable to use and maintain would be my POV. Yeah. You need to have like a way to pin them and then archive them in Dropbox. Yeah, you're going to get one of those things like I make, make available one, one for those interfaces like back when I used to make FileMaker databases, you know, and I just keep adding features and features all to this one screen. And it's like, you know, ugh, who made that? Anyway, thanks Marco. It's a very good app. Boom, boom, boom. Moving on. Rock and roll bowling. Gambling <laughs> for children. <laughs> <laughs> 40 minutes have, in we have a single follow-up item that did, i want to get did to. you have bowling for dollars when you were a kid uh that rings a bell but whatever it was i don't think i ever did it all right what's our one follow-up item you definitely want to discuss oh you snuck this one in on me oh i've been so thinking about your kid and hoping that she's okay yeah so honestly right. i don't want to sound like a creep but i actually my kid goes to camp all the time and i'm like oh god i hope she's okay 
Can you give him a little bit of background on? Yeah, sleep. But Sleepaway Camp is, is the new kettlefish for us. Update on my daughter who was. Did going you talk away. last time in the episode where we argued? Did you talk about this already? That she was. Yeah, I said she was going to okay. Sleepaway Camp, and I was concerned because she had never gone to Sleepaway Camp before, and drop off was a little <laughs> bit problematic. Right. Uh, and and I was just hoping that she was going to be okay, and that they don't yeah. have electronics, so we have no way to communicate except for. With she writes you. Letters. She writes you literal letters on paper. Like that's the only way we have. You know, same, same with us. So when we dropped <laughs> she her off, she has no camp, idea how good she is with a turn of phrase. Oh my god. Oh yeah, her, and she's a very good writer. You should see. I, I should send you her whole letter. She's a very very good writer. Um, she got she got my writing genes, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I think my son got my wife's math genes, and neither children has both. Oh, Although I don't know, we'll see. She I'd love have to have math genes. Ooh. Yeah. I, my son does not have my math genes. He's actually good at math. It's miraculous. Um, anyway, so we, we dropped her off, and there were problems that we don't know going to, but it was like, you know, things don't always turn out the way you expect, and it's like, well, now we're dropping you off for two weeks. There was a little mix-up with the, sorting, with the sorting hat. Yeah, the sorting hat. There was some mix-up with the sorting hat, and everyone was upset, and it's like, not a great start. And it's, then we leave, and then it's like, well, how are we going to find out? Is she, does she sink or swim? Is she just there? Because she's the type of kid who sometimes can, you know, hold a grudge and just be like, I hate, and she's done it with many other activities before where it's just like, I've, I thought I wanted to do this thing, insert activity here. And she's had many of them, but you know, two sessions, two lessons, two whatever. And it's like, Nope, I hate this. And then we've already paid for the whole thing and it's a whole issue. Right. So we're like, we just left her for two weeks. What if that whole two weeks she's digging in her heels and saying, this is crap. I hate this place. I can't stand it. You know, what are they going to do? Expect any time they get a call and say, you need to come pick your kid up because she is like uh, baby Jack Jack at the end of uh, Incredibles 1 and just sprouting horns and going on fire and just, you know, all sorts of stuff. Anyway, so as soon as we leave, of course, uh, my wife does that thing that she does, which is uh, build this giant care package to send her. Like immediately, like we drop her off and we drive immediately to, to get her a care package, right? So we built this big care package and send her a bunch of stuff. Apparently, we're not allowed to send her food. This will become. Oh, that is criminal. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Mm. You know, they want to have some. They don't want kids to be envious and left out. Yeah, and also like you, you, like I think having kids at sleepaway camp. It's the part of the problem is like you kind of have to. It's like farm animals. You kind of have to know what they're eating, and when. Mm. Like you need control over that. If it if there's contraband food, like kids going to be you know living off skills. I can see it being you know contraband from outside being disruptive to what we're trying to do here and allergies and like the, like i said the kid mm-hmm. could be living off skittles for two weeks and they die of scurvy and that's not a good thing for your camp yeah right. they're gonna get letters about them yeah so anyway anyway uh and then we of course we immediately send write letters as soon as we get home from buying the care package and we send them off through snail mail and then uh and then i was just waiting patiently for the first letter from my daughter to come back to say you know what's what's the deal how's it going but my wife that same, like, not the same day, I mean, the, the very next day in the morning of the next day, called the camp and said, basically asked to make sure, is, you know, is my kid currently screaming in a corner somewhere? And the answer from camp, you can't talk directly to your kid, or suppose you could if you wanted to, but she didn't. That uh, is, they're was, holding a line. When I was a kid, you could totally get a call, like, I think it was at least a couple times a week. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe we could, but I think it's like, you know, it's part of the thing she doesn't want to be checked up on because, you know, the the problem with dropping her off, by the way, was not that she didn't want to be dropped off at camp. She wanted to do this. She lobbied to go to sleepaway camp ASAP. She's been lobbying for years to go to sleepaway camp. She's a very independent child. Anyway, the, the report we got back was everything's fine. She's fine. And that was good to hear. But we still hadn't heard a let, gotten a letter back. So it was a long time for her letter to get to us. But now they're starting to come. So, like, we've gone through the, the delay. And I just wanted to give the audience an update that, yes, my daughter is at camp. 
And she says she's loving it. She loves camp. She loves all her friends. She loves the activities. She writes this very long letters. At the end of every single letter, she says, please send chocolate. <laughs> Which I, for a while, I'm like, why don't we send it chocolate? We sent this big care package. Why don't we send it chocolate? It's like, oh, you're not allowed to send food. And she knows we're not allowed to send food too, but she's still lobbying for chocolate. Can you send so. it in a football or something? She says the vegetarian food they have there is great. It's the best vegetarian food she's ever had. Please send chocolate. Oh, that hurts my heart. But she's having fun. And so what, I'm, what, I'm happy what kind of activities is she doing? Yeah. Camptivities, she said. Did you see the scare quotes around camptivities? Uh, let me see. I'm looking at the right one. There's one the, of the <laughs> I'm looking at the one about the kid on the tube. Yeah. She writes this whole um, big long letter. And then there's one sentence towards the end that says, oh, and a kid fell off a tube while tubing and they think he might have a spinal injury. But anyway. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> here's, here's the thing about it. So I'm I'm a worrywart parent and I'm always worried about my you? The safety of my children. Like oh, we talked about weird. this before. Oh, and she oh, knows weird. I'm a worrywart. I'm always t- and she's, she's the child who is like always, you know, uh, you know, climbing flagpoles and scaling walls and, and leaping through the lion's mouth and doing all sorts of things, right? She's that kid, right? And I'm the worrying parent. Uh, and she knows that. And, but she thinks that my concern is like narrow cast. Like she doesn't broaden, right? So at one of her letters, she's like, I tried to sleep on a bench and I fell off. Uh, don't oh. tell dad. Oh my God. This is, this is a letter, you know, so don't tell dad that I tried to sleep on a bench and I fell off because whatever, like she's falling from a bench onto the ground. Like I'm going to care about that. Right. But the tubing, the kid who who's on the tube and might have a spinal injury. No problem telling uh, us no. that because she's like, well, that wasn't me. And Anyways. she doesn't understand that my concern is you're at a camp that's allowing children to get spinal injuries. Like I'm generalizing to saying, this is the place where you are. Yes, that wasn't you. And you think it's safe to tell me, oh, another kid oh, yeah. got a spinal injury. Dad won't worry about this, but dad will be concerned about me falling off the bench. This no. is the life we've chosen. Yeah. I don't care you falling <laughs> off the bench. I care about the kid with the spinal injury at the camp. <laughs> you got an action park type situation going there. Anyway. Oh, man. We will oh, go retrieve. So Assuming bad. she's still alive, we will go retrieve her on Saturday. Oh, Camp, our captivities are fun. <laughs> captivities. What, what was the? You got to look up the. Can I read it? Uh, no, you should read it. Yes, go it's, ahead. You, uh, you read it. Uh, you get to choose three electives, captivities, quote unquote, per week. <laughs> I chose yoga, arts and crafts, and an acting thing called LARPing. <laughs> I like the fact that she, like, she's introduced. She's on the internet all the time, right? So at any point, she could have known about LARPing, right? But she learned about LARPing. In real life, in person, at camp, which I feel and, like and is a, framing a framing LARPing as acting is such a fun, such a boss move. I right, love that. like I did. I was totally caught off guard, but like, wow, they found a way. Right. Like, you it's know? not like pretending that you're that you're that you're D and D. No, it's acting. No, it's, it's acting, acting thing. It's an like acting that. thing called LARPing. We um we still do camp. She's just she's been she's in her third camp of the summer day camp. You know, which is usually something like our daughters uh, eight thirty to four thirty, something like that, depending, but. So far, they've all gone um, really well as of something like, uh, what now, three weeks ago, she's got a phone with LTE on it. And uh, it's been really cool because I feel like one way I can judge how things are going is by how often or seldom she texts. Like if she's had a real bad day, like today she had an injury and like was like, well, I want to go home early. But like, uh, which is fine. But like, it's really cool because like this camp that she absolutely did not want to go to and fought us tooth and nail on. Uh, she just, we would not hear from her all day, which was, it was such a good sign. It's such a good way to stalk your kid and figure out their emotional state is how much they're texting. Yeah. That's the, why the disconnection from uh computers now is so, so worrying because like how we'll be able to tell all our normal signals that we get like that, like how often are they texting you or whatever. 
mm-hmm. go away when it just well, you know, you know and of course, yeah, I'm sure you're more self aware about this than I am. I, I would tell myself, well, I want to make sure that she, you know, can talk to us, and if she has a problem, she could talk to us and tell us. And huh, she never tells us any of her problems. What am I talking about? It's so I will feel better. <laughs> no, that's it's also and, I will feel better. Yeah, I know that was that same thing. Like it, my daughter is into that phase as well. So on the on the ride to camp, she had to be subjected to like the rundown of like the uh, the worst case scenario emergency protocols. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, right. <laughs> oh my god! Like, know, how would we know? How do we know the distant early warning system? My wife is training for a marathon um, in a few weeks, and um, she ran 16 miles on Sunday and was in a part of Marin where there's no service. So I didn't hear from her for including the trip. I'd like the drive in and out of this area. I didn't hear from her for three hours, and I had to do breathing exercises. <laughs> I was real cool about it. I was real cool about it. I didn't keep texting her. I didn't do the thing I used to do five years ago where I would keep texting you, come on, if you get this, please tell me you're okay. Please just say you're not in a ditch. <laughs> Uh, your daughter is here. Assume if I, I'll just assume <laughs> that you're dead. I'm sorry for in, everything in I've done. <laughs> Don't leave me. <laughs> you ever get that? Because we extensively use Find My Friends for three and exactly three people, which is the three of us. And, you know, we never, for the most part, we don't have to tell each other. Sometimes we'll give each other a heads up of like, okay, I'm almost home. But no, I mean, like, you know, we see all that on Find My Friends. That's the only thing we use it for is the three of us. And it works out fine. But like, if sh- when shh. You know, she's gone for three hours, and I'm like, oh, my God. This is I it. tried to, do, to uh, do the ignorance is bliss thing and pretend I don't have that ability and just assume that, like, you know, I, I live I live in the past where it's like, in the past, you wouldn't know where this person was. You'd have no way to reach them. You would just assume that they would come home. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to assume that, like, every day they will come home safely. She's always come home before. She'll keep doing right. that until the and time the, she does And doesn't. they walk yeah. through the door. I'm like, look, it worked again. I'm managing my anxiety. I'm reading a book and I'm trying to manage my anxiety. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to do is to say, wait a minute, it hasn't happened before. You're bracing for something that hasn't happened. When it does happen, it'll be too late. and You can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. She's probably not dead in a different county. But still, you know, how, how hard is it? You pick up a phone. <laughs> it's not only that hard. Yeah, don't go places where there's no signal. That's, uh, that's no good. That's but at least we know now. At least we know, you know. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Hello. You can learn more about Hello right now by going to hellopillow.com slash diffs. Now, this is something you really need to listen to. I am a Hello user. I am a fan. And I'm here to tell you this is a pillow that you need. They make insanely comfortable buckwheat pillows. I know this sounds a little crazy. Who needs an internet pillow? Well, you do. Believe me, I've been using one of these things for probably three years now. Huge fan. Now, I don't know if you ever tried one of these buckwheat pillows, but it's real different from one of those fluffy pillows. You know, uh, whenever they show uh, like hobos in cartoons, they always want a soft bed, soft pillow. No, 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 no. You want support. And you want a pillow that works for the way that you sleep. Now, the Hello Pillow, it supports your head and neck, and it does not collapse under the weight of your head like traditional pillows. It stays cool and dry compared to feather or foam pillows. Plus, Buckwheat tends to breathe better. That, that's good to know. It does, buckwheat does breathe better, meaning it doesn't get all warm and humid. Gross. Do you want that near your head? I think not. So no more flipping to the cool side of the pillow. It's always cool. You can add or remove this buckwheat filling to suit your needs. Uh, so uh, your pillow can be just the way you like it. I've done this. I've actually bought a second Hello Pillow just so I can be able to dump extra buckwheat into mine. I like me a big buckwheat pillow. It turns out people have actually been sleeping on buckwheat pillows for years. They're very popular in Japan. You know Japan. And apparently, they also appear on the pillow menus at fancy hotels. I did not know that. I I should utilize that more because I hate going to hotels. I don't like being away from my current bed workflow. 
Hello is a big part of that. I slept on one just last night. A few hours ago, my damn head was right on one of these pillows, and they are the best. I highly recommend them. Now, here's what you need to know as a patriot. Hello is made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability. Buckwheat is grown and milled right here in these United States of America. Nothing wrong with that. So here's the deal. You're probably curious to try one of these things by now. You should be. This is a great ad read. And you can. You sleep on it for 60 nights. And then if hello isn't for you, you send it back for a refund. So how do you get this? Easy enough. Go to hellopillow.com slash diffs. That's H-U-L-L-O pillow.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. You go right now and get your own buckwheat pillow. They'll send it to you right in the mail. Hellopillow.com slash diffs. And if you buy more than one, they have a special discount for up to $20 off, depending on which size you opt for. You're going to have to decide what you want to opt for, but you need a buckwheat pillow. Fast, free shipping with every order. Oh, check this out. 1% of all profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. That sounds nice. You give it a try. If you love it, you keep it. And if you don't, you send it back. HelloPillow.com slash diffs. Check it out. Our thanks to Hello for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Um, <clears throat> where do you, you know, you can drive, go wherever you want to go. I feel like you maybe picked a topic for us. Are we saving topic two for our special August guest? I noticed, speaking of special guests, that you apparently have taken this topic, you've been topic shopping, you've taken this topic onto your other podcasts. Where'd I do that? You put it on oh. Back to Work. You listen to Back to Work? Sometimes. Oh, that was a really good episode. Yeah, I talked, I mentioned it in passing. I mentioned it in passing. All right, well, I, I feel like we should definitely save that. Okay, well, as we like to say on, on all the Slate podcasts, we have some business. I have two pieces of business. One piece of business is that, hey- you guys, oh God, here's the thing where I have to go look up where this is. Really.fm. Is it slash membership? Uh, they didn't tell us to say this, uh, but um, here's the deal. We're on a podcast network. You probably don't know that. We're on a podcast network called Relay. Relay FM. They're, they're good people. And one of the ways that we get money from people is through advertising. People advertise to be on this show. Uh, the other way that we um, uh, accept your support is for you to become a member of Relay FM. And there are cool perks to Relay FM. Um, you get um, you get a members only podcast with with Stephen Hackett talking to uh, the hosts. You get a behind the scenes newsletter that's actually pretty good. You get a cool feed with uh, previews of upcoming shows, et cetera, et cetera. It's uh, entirely economical. One of the coolest parts is in our anniversary month, Relay's anniversary month of August. We always have each show puts out a special bonus episode. I don't think it's required to be special. But the cool part is almost everybody does something. The people on Relay are not idiots. You can quote me on that. They know what their audience would like. And so everybody tries to do something really cool to do a mix-up or a crossover. or Wouldn't you say? I mean, I genuinely enjoy even shows I don't listen to every week. I will listen to their bonus episodes because it's such a fun time. Don't you think? Yeah, the special episodes actually are special. Like the the, the word special spins at you in multicolor while drums play in the background. Yeah, so uh, anyway, you go to relay.fm slash membership. Uh, and if you want to, you can go there and sign up and give us your money. Um, so we've done two of these, right? We yep. did. I just don't want to don't say anything I shouldn't say. Yeah. So we did one. Our first one we did was with um, uh, John Roderick from the Long Winners and Roderick on the line. Last year, we had a, a, a very fun and depressing one with my co-host from Dubai Friday, Max and Alex. And we have a... I think we have a pretty good guest slotted for uh, this August episode, too. I think people who listen to the show and do Twitter things with us will like this guest a lot. And also for the membership stuff, you get access to all of the past members-only episodes as well. There's some really fun That's ones where, uh, where people play text adventures uh, with each other. 
I like that whole series. I think there's two or three of those. I forget how many, but those are great. Like you, you don't just get the member episodes this year. You get access to all of them. It's worth it for the, even if every member episode this year sucks, all the past ones are worth it. That's true. It's a good point. Could suck. But, um, you know, we don't like to ask you, I personally, I'll speak for myself. I don't like asking for money. I think it's unseemly. Uh, but I do appreciate the money. I appreciate the support. And I know everybody else at the network does too. Everybody works really hard. So if you enjoy the show and you would consider uh, tithing in our direction, you go to relay.fm slash membership. We're recording our episode in early-ish August. So it'll be out. Um, gosh, so when does this one come out? We're on a wraparound, John. This episode yeah, that we're doing right now break. comes out this August is, 9th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, give us your money. Hmm. Oh, and the other thing, can, can I can I pre-announce a possible smaller spot? D- did you want to talk about that this week? Yeah. Yeah. No. You're I, kidding. I, had, I got it on the slot. Yeah. Uh, that's a little abrupt. No. It's we're gonna. It's not obviously we can't talk about the whole thing. It's not over yet. But we're well, gonna. It's, we're gonna pre-talk about it. Well, don't say anything because people will stop listening. I know. We're not. Anyway, we're not up to that part yet. Okay, we're doing number one. Uh, actually, I have uh, just a brief mini topic update. Have you pulled anything more interesting from my Plex? Has your daughter no, wanted to rewatch anything no. from the Plex, or are you just steady state? No, I haven't done it yet. I'm not asking. I didn't ask you about that. I was asking. Oh, have we done daughter, any more? Have we done any more rating of Professor Syracuse's? Yeah, uh, like I gave you vault. five centimeters per second last time for you and your daughter. Well, you know, part of it is you know, um, I feel bad about using other people's Plex. When people use my Plex, it becomes unusable for me. So I always feel really bad. The only reason I did that was because you were out of town at the time. Um, but I, I, well, I wrote it down. You told me which one I should do next. I think you said five centimeters per second. Was all that right. One. Well, so no, no progress there. No progress. And, and no. your daughter hasn't she's asked still to rewatch anything. She's got two amiibos and she's unlocked some swords and stuff. All right. I got her. I got her a link with a bow. Alex got her a uh, a pretty cool. Uh, what's her name? Zelda. Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> she bonded with another boy at camp about how 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 dumb people confuse Link and Zelda. I think that's that's really funny and really. That's that's it, it, it's kind of revolutionary as a nerd you, when they get those kind of stuff. Next time she says that, you should say, "I do that professionally." Which one am I? I I you, told her your remark. Was it on the show? No, you I mean, you confused Zelda. I blocked, Zelda I and blocked Link out the latest episode because it was very upsetting to me. But at some point, you were telling me you made a Doctor Who ish case for Link. You told me some I don't know spoilers for uh, the Zelda series, but um, that there's you feel like there's no reason Link could not be a non boy. Worse, there are many reasons why Link should not be a boy half the time. Many reasons. Make it a topic. Add it. Add it. Add it somewhere. We talked about it last show. Which one am I? We'll put yeah. it somewhere. That's interesting. Yeah, I want to play this goddamn game. I'm going to do it. <sighs> got to watch Rachel Maddow tonight. There's a lot going on. Um, okay, so you pick. Uh, we can I, make yeah. number one fairly short. Yeah, I put both of them in there. I'm just saying I was going to leave it to you. Which one? Because I could do either one. Uh, well, I... Okay, so I thought I had a lot to say about this, but I think I... I don't know if I do, but I have a lot to say about what I have to say about this. Uh, this is very related to some kind of inchoate thread that runs through this show, where we end up talking about things like whether that's your place on the mantle for your phone, talking about how you like things to be at the house. I feel like there's a thread. And so I wanted to toss out this idea of exploring what I originally called it was things that only you notice. And so the first branches off of that are the things that only you notice, even if it's stuff that you don't really care about. I would also add a little bit of hot sauce to that, which is the things that you don't notice, you never notice that you kind of wish you did. Um, 
And um, I don't know. I, 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 as I sat and I tried to just quickly come up with some of these for myself, I don't have that many examples. I have examples of types of these. I'm trying to think of specific examples, but I'm realizing what an affliction it is. I thought this would be a funny, funny topic to talk about things that like, oh, you notice the dishes are done or not done or whatever. Ha, ha, ha. Reconcilable differences. But I'm also realizing what an affliction all of these are. There's all these things I notice and don't love noticing. And there's all these things I don't notice and wish on a stack of Bibles I could notice. John, are there things that only you notice, even if you don't care about them? I think about this topic, and maybe this is true of you too, based on your intro. I immediately pivot or refocus it on... Uh, I don't know, ailments, uh, like dysfunctions of, of my personality or whatever. The, like, oh yeah, that that the, the re- notice is, is seems like a benign word. Things that you notice, right? But but then all, all I end up thinking about is the scratches on your iMac. Yeah, what what kind of what kind of things bother you? And even if even if stuff that you don't care about, like what kinds of things have you trained yourself not to care about, even though your mind is endlessly drawn to notice them, you know, oh, like, yeah. like that you've overcome something you have, you have a condition that causes you to notice this, uh, but you've learned not to let it make you anxious. And then, and now you notice it all the time, but, but have trained yourself not to care about it. And on the flip side, like you just said, things that you don't notice, then I think about what things are you oblivious to? that are <laughs> hurting the people around you. How even you would you know? <laughs> but that you don't even notice. I know. Because I know. it's like it's like your blind spot. So right. if there is not a an angle on this topic that involves discovering what is wrong with you personally, uh, I am not seeing it because all I can see are those two sides of it. Well, I, you know, I think we should just, I think we should just run with it. Um, are you familiar with a term? I first heard this again on 20,000 Hertz. Uh, the, do you know the term misophonia? Mm, doesn't ring a bell. You'll know it when you hear it. Misophonia is from the internet science site. Uh, misophonia, literally hatred of sound, uh, was proposed in 2000 as a condition in which negative emotions, thoughts, and physical reactions are triggered by specific sounds. It's almost like the opposite of ASMR. Mis- misophonia is not classified, diddly, diddly, diddly. Proponents suggest misophonia can adversely af- affect the ability to achieve life goals and enjoy social situations. There's treatments. The most common one of these I have ever encountered around people is um, you can't stand listening to other people eat or chew. The sound of chewing, like once you notice it, it, it just drives you crazy. Another one that was new to me is the sound of someone shaking their leg. Like this, or tapping their foot, the sound of somebody, which is, I mean, I've, I had a foot tapper one time on a plane and I almost killed him. <laughs> but, but, but I think one example here, when you think of misophonia, okay, so do you like being that way? Do you like being somebody who can't stand the sound of chewing and it actually makes you f- like legitimately emotional and furious, right? E- even just like mouth sounds. I bet there's stuff where you just can't, some people can't listen to podcasts just because there's like mouth sounds. Um, but th- th- to me, that's somewhat related to this which is like, I notice this and I don't love it. Like, I don't like how this makes me feel. I think it's one angle. So, you know, I like all the ways you're, you have presented this. I mean, like, I, you know, the, remember the topic that we can't talk about? The assistance of uh, getting one's house in order? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Like, why do I care that the glasses are upside down? Like, why do I care that the scale... <laughs> I'm asking but, the wrong person, I know. Yeah, Why yeah, do I I'm, care that the I'm, scale I'm, I'm is too ready to degrees? go to bat to justify that one. I'm not ready to file that into the thing that I'm not supposed to care about. 
Because it seems, because it's, well, here's the thing. I get mad. Like, why did the couch get moved so that now this cord doesn't move anymore? Why is the cat relaxer unplugged? Why is the canary <laughs> why, camera unplugged? Why does it think all the cat relaxer exist? Why? <laughs> but, no, but, like, wh- why would I care? Why would I care? Why do I feel like there's actually something aggressive happening with the way that the carpeting is laid out right now? But, do you, but do you feel bad about noticing them? Uh, those things, I feel, or do you just feel I feel bad, bad about you noticing. Them and care? I feel bad about caring. I feel bad yeah. about both. Because, like, here's the thing with, with uh, well, let me back up one step with the with the mouth chewing person thing. So there's two two aspects of the of the caring and the, and the judging of the people who who are caring. I think that there is there is. There are plenty of people, and everyone probably does this about something. But there are plenty mm-hmm. of people who, uh, like, say they say they can't stand the, the sound of someone chewing. Right? Uh, they channel one hundred percent of that discomfort outward, and so those are the people who will tell you anyone who will listen if the topic comes up. I can't stand people who chew. I can't stand mouth noises. You're in a restaurant, and someone's making a chewing noise. I can't stand it. Those people are terrible. The people who make chewy noises are the worst. I hate them. If they sound someone doing it, they would say, "Excuse me, could you not yeah, chew they, so they loudly?" Are, well, they, they are being rude. Like, yeah, that they, they, is that is entire. They are put upon by this. There's, there's mm-hmm. no. They don't have an affliction. There's nothing wrong with them. They don't have any heightened sensitivity about anything. It's the yeah, people why do you, who are making why do you have loud. To, why do you have to eat like that in the right. office? It's the people who are making the loud chewing noises that are in the wrong or shaking your leg or whatever that they mm-hmm. never get even close to the step of like self examination. Like, am I too sensitive to this? Are other people bothered by this? Can I compare myself to some imagined norm? Uh, you know, no, it's the children who are wrong, right? So, and that is one way to be that sometimes I, I'm a little bit envious of because it's like, well, at least like th- th- to them, it's like they're the hero of their own story and it's a solved <laughs> problem and it's a thing to complain about righteously and there's never a moment of self-doubt, Yeah, right? Or at least well, that's the way I bet, it I, bet, I don't know, man. I, I bet there's a lot of people who feel pretty bad about it. I mean, on the one hand that they have it and it makes them weird, but on the other hand that like, you know, that it could cause rage in them that they don't like having. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that. that that's those are people I can relate to more. But I think there is a category of people who at least outwardly, and maybe it's not true. Maybe everyone has a self-doubt and they're just better at hiding it. But 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 like the, the, that it manifests in an outward direction. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing you were getting at it of like. But, well, that it's the, it, whether they want to feel this way or not, it feels like an attack. Like a willful attack. Right. Like that's their way of coping with it. Their way of coping mm-hmm. with it is I can't, I can't think about how there might be something, uh, you know, that, about me that's causing this. So it really has to be the outside. But the, with, with the noticing when things have, have been changed in your, in your living environment, I think that if you didn't notice that, something would be wrong. Like that you've, that you've somehow given up, like, I don't know. It's like the bro- broken windows theory of keeping home. Like at a certain, if you I, don't, I would notice, say it's closer to like an Oliver Sacks thing. Like if to somebody who cares about their house, it would seem very strange. You know, like if you remember the man who mistook his wife for a hat, mm-hmm. or, or there was the the guy who like you know thought a fire hydrant was a child because of this particular kind of you know uh, brain dysfunction. Like it would to somebody who notices where everything in their house goes, even if they're not pathological about it, it would seem very strange that somebody else would not notice that the planter has moved it would seem very like 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 you had some kind of a disorder right because you because you live there like you're very familiar well, you can't with not so, see it you can't not experience that and go why is this changed right and so and there is or like like a sign of like a like cognitive decline or senility that like someone put the couch in the other side of the room and you didn't notice like then something they would have you checked out <laughs> what right else are you uh, not and, noticing right so now it scales down of like okay well did you notice that the salt shaker was rotated you know, 15 degrees. Like, that's where you get into, you know, all right, oh, now, now, there's, now a, there's a salad like, fork in the dinner fork section. Yeah, the, the, the pepper goes on the left and the salt goes on the right, and it shouldn't matter. 
but not only do you notice, you also care about it. And now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and again, I, that is much easier for, I, I feel like that, that pairs well with people realizing that it's something, it's their problem. It's not like, let me get super angry at someone who put the salt in the pepper. Like it's no wire hangers, right? Like mm-hmm. in movies, we see that as at a certain point, there's a certain particular kind of noticing of details of the world or, or require of order in the world that we all recognize as pathological. In, in pop culture, even, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I feel like the, the chewing and the leg tapping, if you see that in pop culture, that's focused outward, which may just mean that mo- more people find chewing and leg tapping, they notice it and, and are annoyed about it. M- more people are disturbed by that than they're disturbed by, like, you know, the salt and pepper being reversed. So one, it's safe in pop culture to show, like, because you see it in pop culture all the time, like a noisy chewer or a leg tapper. That's mm-hmm. played for comic relief. Like, the, the funny part is that there is this incredibly annoying person that you have to sit next to at, like, the diner counter, right? That's the funny part. The funny part is not, I can't believe you're so annoyed by someone shaking their leg. Yeah, I mean, like, it, would be like, it would be, like, basically, like, sitting next to somebody who who farts. Right, or, or it's just, like, one of those small, annoying things. And you watch it, and they want you to relate to the person who is being annoyed. Absolutely. They don't want yeah. you to relate to the leg tapper who feels like what he's doing should be beneath your notice. Have I ever demonstrated for you um, every sip of coffee my stepfather, my, my, my late, terrible stepfather? Can, can I demonstrate for you every sip of coffee the man ever took in his life? I think I you can guess. I have heard many of your podcasts, uh, okay. so I have actually heard this before. All right, so turn, like the turn this off if you got misophonia. <laughs> Three parts. Didn't matter. Could, could be room temperature. And you had Dave, too. I never made this connection. Oh, Dave the marketing Dave. guy! Oh, my... Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. He uh, had those heavy the shoes. This is, this is like sharp objects. I'm putting the pieces together. <laughs> Marlon has kept Marlon. I'm gonna get more chigger bites on my bus driver. Yeah, get me one of them 30s. That uh, shades into Dan Benjamin, too. What's that? That shades into... G- g- oh, give a little bit of that. No, come Stretching on. out the words. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, other sounds they mentioned in this podcast, uh, the sound of like, uh, a lot of it involves eating. The sound of like silverware uh, clinking on a plate, like if you're like cutting up food. The sound, one that bothered me as a child, I have to tell you, the sound of scraping a pan with a metal spoon. Yeah. But, no, okay, so let's get away from misophonia. But I, I think we've actually kind of attacked this from an interesting angle, which is that like it gets straight to the like, why does this bother you so much? And like, it, I'm glad we moved into the affliction territory because that's what it feels like. I had other ones like, oh, so okay, this isn't this is not going to be one for you. I I get songs in my head and I don't like it. I know that's not a noticing thing exactly, but it's sometimes very difficult for me to know how it got in my head. I can sometimes figure it out because I thought a thought that has a, a lyric in it. But like, if I were to say to our audience, now a lot of people are going to be singing. Now it's time for Things I Bought at Sheets, which is a song that I get in my head many times every day. And I can't get it out. And it makes me insane. And if I'm somewhere, I will sometimes hear a snippet of speech. This is very Oliver Sacks. I'll hear a snippet of speech that will trigger me without even wanting to. I will find myself. I've told you some of these. I've told you the ones like all of our Curious George lines at the house. That's a good amount. The things like that. All the things you say, dumb things. I hear a cadence that's similar, uh, like a rhythm a cadence, the structure of a sentence, and I can't help but say what that sounds like to me. It's utterly compulsive. And I, I, I don't hate that I do it, but it's really annoying. And I wish I could stop, I think. I think that one is popular enough that they felt safe including it in a, in a Pixar movie, like the Triple Den Gum thing, right? Oh, that oh. was funny. 
Oh what was yeah, that? Well, what were, was that? The, the gag in the in the in the movie was that the the afflicted was annoyed by this, kind of like you are annoyed by was, like why is this was cartoon, that Inside you know, Out commercial jingle? Yeah, it was Inside Out. Why is this commercial jingle from my childhood popping back into my head? And and the audience is supposed to relate. Ha! Huh? Yeah, that happens to me too. And I think that does happen. Yeah. I mean, I probably maybe less afflicted by the songs, but I'm I'm I think I'm maybe equally afflicted by the 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 random words. But both the songs well, I and know the words. I know you're triggered. I mean, you with the Simpsons lines, right? Yeah, or just everything with pop culture, but and, and also with the songs. Like I think I mentioned maybe on I don't remember what podcast I did. Too many <laughs> not, not licking toads. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, they, I mentioned uh, in some podcast long ago uh, the opening notes to everything in its right place. Yeah, you talked about uh, it on here by Radiohead. That, no, that, I can't do it. But yeah, it was in my head for like two months or something. Uh, yeah. But the thing about the songs is, I have a I have a kind of a chill about them because I just treat it as kind of like a passive like radio. In my head, huh? Get it? Anyway, um, <laughs> totally and, normal. And I'm, I never fear that it's never not going to go away, and I can actually tune it out and have it come back. And it's mostly songs that I like, and so I just don't pay any attention to it. And it's there. The, the, everything in the right place lasts a really long time, but almost everything else now, it's like, you know, they little snippets come and go. They get triggered. They play sometimes. Whole songs play. Oh, I, uh, I, w- I wake up. I wake up with with one to three songs in my head every morning. Yeah, I think you're, you're more musically inclined than I am, so you have more of that. I'm the oldest and, my and the on... and the gossip in New York City is insidious. That's just in my head most mornings when I wake up. You're going to hear it. You'll see, <laughs> get to see it in live. I, I, I'm going to see that. Uh, you still, you're, you still refuse to listen to the actual music, right? Yeah, well, I don't know why I would do that before I saw it. God. I mean, Kill me. you know, anyway, uh, October, I'm, I'm going to see Hamilton, and so I will finally I join the rest night. of I just the world. Might. I remember that night. I just might. That's my yeah, favorite then, song in the show. Snippets of children's uh, cartoons, books I read my kids a million times. Oh, even even the obvious jokes, like again, the ancient Chinese secret, huh? My mm-hmm. turn to operate. Operate? Like, it, I'm so easily triggered. Like, maybe those are dumb examples. Uh, I had originally started thinking about things because this kind of sprung out of the whole, like, wanting the house a certain way thing. Um um, so I think of, I do think of physical things, but like, it's also like, and then I started thinking about this jokes Scott Simpson used to make about me. And sometimes we'll talk about it well, more often, like off the show, but sometimes on the show, he would point, <laughs> Scott would point out how I'm always like, like some kind of a very suspicious, paranoid, like private eye. I'm like always making some kind of a connection in what's happening. And actually Scott Simpson does a very funny impression of me doing this. It's like, Hmm, that's interesting. Did you, uh, did you notice that? You notice that stewardess over there? Yeah, she got one heel shorter than the other. Do you know that? It's a funny thing because when we, we came in here, she had a shawl on, and I'll come up with these like little like private investigator stories in my head about connecting, and I can't help but do it. I can't help but make you're, you're connections. You're on amphetamines. I know. I, just one more, one more question. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com/slash. Diffs. Team, let me ask you, please, to make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store or a portfolio or a blog. You can do it all with Squarespace. It is the one key to the internet, if you ask me. They didn't tell me to say that. Because Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that, whatever it is you need to do. Listen, there's nothing to install. There are no patches to worry about and no upgrades are ever needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff 
because Squarespace has got you covered. And here's the thing. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I love the fact that they are all ready for mobile. That means you don't have to do or change anything to make your site look great on every device and or dingus. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'll say it until you go out and get a damn uh, Squarespace site. I've been using this thing for years and I love it. I run the entire Roderick on the Line podcast on Squarespace. I promote my Ungainly X-Man meetups. I post my playlist to Spotify and YouTube. Anything I want to do, I can do it on Squarespace. Uh, I just, it's my personal site. It's all there. Uh, I promised myself I wouldn't cry. You got to try Squarespace because Squarespace plans start at just $12 per month, but you can go and start a free trial right now with no credit card required. You go to squarespace.com slash diffs. And when you decide to sign up, please do use the very special offer code DIFFS to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, and that will show your support for reconcilable differences. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash DIFFS, offer code DIFFS, D-I-F-F-S, for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace once again for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM Squarespace. Make your next move, make your next website. Those are some of mine. What are some of yours that you can't help noticing? I mean, I think all of mine are related to my main, my main affliction, my, my, the, the, the main venue of my hypercriticality, hypercriticalness or whatever. Like the, the basic, the, you know, and I use it in my work. And I think I've talked about this in past shows too. The, the basic desire for order, right? Order. What, I think I, also I want to say order and uh, I'm going to add an integrity. Yeah, like, like, like the, you want you don't want the spines to be cracked. You don't want the iMac to have the scratch, and you're for damn sure going to notice you know, if the, it's cracked yeah, or scratched. I want the the books on the shelves to be aligned. I want the 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 surfaces to be you know. But, I but want do, you, do, to you, be... do you take my note on integrity though? Because you will you will go to the bookstore and look through all of the copies of the book to find the least damage, not well, the best one, well, but the one that has the least damage. Because you will notice it well, still that's has smart. Some. They all they all cost the same amount. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. They're all, they're all the same price. Okay. Like why, why would you not get the best one? I know. I know. Um, Can't tell these kids. Seconds. Takes two seconds to pick the best one. <laughs> you don't have to be there for an hour. Takes two seconds. Don't tell me. Tell your kids. Yeah, I do. I tell them I hate it. <laughs> it's the worst. Um, but yeah, no, like, the, the, I think in category, things that I notice but don't care about, like, mm-hmm. for things to be plumb and level and for things not to be damaged, uh, I... I can't help but notice those things. And, you know, homeownership has not helped in this area mm. because now I have my own crumbling remember fortress. When, remember when you got that siding? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but anyway, when we go, like, on you know, long walks to walk the dog and stuff, all I'm doing is looking at everyone's houses and my eyes, like a laser beam, find the place where, like, they have, like, water damage, right? Where their paint is peeling, where where their gutters are falling off, where, like, where where, where they have weeds in, in their shrubs, where they have grass die off from too many pine needles. Like, I just... Every single thing that's wrong with everybody's house is I'm like the Terminator for houses. Like it's like <laughs> yeah, it's up to but I get the re- I get the red overlay. Yeah, and it's immediately finding all the stuff, but not in like a an anxious way. No, just in like I now can't help noticing. I don't no, care. You're like it's John other people's Nash. houses. I mean, you're just <laughs> you're just walking around seeing everything, right? Yeah, I just see you know all, everything that's wrong with everybody's houses, and and that's like that's a specific category of finding things that are wrong with things. But like the end. That's my existence is seeing things and noticing things that are that are wrong with them. And you can't care about it all. And I never have cared about it all. But that's always on that passive thing of always noticing stuff like that is basically always on. So that's my existence. Right. And it's just a question of 
it's like it's like the songs that are playing in your head. It just what's playing in my head is everything that's wrong with everything that I can see in here. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's just a question of tuning in or tuning out or just letting it float by. And, and I've had to do that with stuff in my own house, too, because even though it's my stuff and ostensibly I should care about it, you just I don't have the energy to care about everything. So you just have to, to you know, I cared about a lot more stuff in my room than I do in, when I was a kid than I do in my house as an adult. Because that was your locus of control. Yeah. And it was much smaller, mm-hmm. much easier to manage the parameters. Like there was the constraints and limits on everything that really, you know, like I didn't have any money and yeah. it was one room and there was a limited number of things I could do with it. Uh, and I had a lot of time. When does it cause you stress? Uh, sometimes I get it like, again, on the, the topic that shall not be named mm-hmm. on, oh, on, it's... on days when, the, on the days when the house becomes disordered. And what I have to do is come home, from, pick up a kid, come home from work, uh, make a dinner, make sure homeworks and showers and everybody put everyone to bed and then do a podcast. I feel like that schedule is tight enough that I might not have time to fix the house. And I find that slightly upsetting. Oh, who puts pans away like that? Right. So then, so then it's like, when do you get to do it? Like, what, what will I sacrifice to do it? Like, will I sacrifice any yes. time when I'm not doing but something? I mean, don't you feel it? It's, uh, bring it back to the misophonia or however you want to think about it. Like, like, isn't there some part of your mind where it feels hostile? Like, I know it's not hostile. There's no way that my housekeepers uh, who come to our house sometimes putting things away a different way than I would prefer or have ever done it. I've never had my glasses that way ever. That's okay. Like, I don't know why I'm emotional about that. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not angry, <laughs> but I walk around the house. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Roscoe P. Coltrane. I'm just walking around like, you which, why would you turn the scale exactly 90 degrees? Why the table, the table next to my area on the couch, it's just basically an Ikea stool, but it's got wood on the top with two lines through it. If you turn it this way, those lines would be vertical. If you turn it this way, the lines would be horizontal. Mm-hmm. I prefer it be turned this way where the lines are vertical. I always leave it that way. I prefer it a little bit further away so it's exactly the right distance away to grab something off of it. Down here, I have a little bonus Mophie to put my phone on. Over here, I can plug in my iPad and I come back and everything is all a Twitter. It's everything is in a different place. It's been moved around. Everything's been unplugged. And the table is turned 90 degrees. And if you're asking a, for a lot, I know like, I, I am. Be, and this I'd be, is why I'd be I'm happy talking if about that it. stool wasn't upside down in a different room. You think I'm talking about this because I'm happy with myself? I know. I know. So I tend not to direct that anger sort of outward in that direction. Not, I'm not angry. I'm just noticing. I'm just noticing. The only time, the only time I direct outward in that direction is when damage is done. I have a very big nick in my 2008 Power Mac. Oh, uh, no. It was caused by a vacuum cleaner many, many years ago. Oh. That I'm still kind of upset about. Uh, and lots of lots of the things that I own are plastic electronics that get handled very roughly and get picked up and put down and scratched and have cables yanked and pulled on them. That's the only time I direct out. Most of the time, I, I like like in like in all marriages, I direct that anger uh, uh, re- redirect that anger at my spouse. Good for you, <laughs> because she's the she's the we are all we are each other's anger misdirected anger sinks right. Uh, <laughs> and that like like whose fault is it? That I don't have time to fix the house when I get home because I have to make dinner. Who is it in this household who's going to tell me, what are you doing? Stop doing that. We need to make dinner for the kids. My wife is going to tell me that. So she becomes the bad guy, right? Not not in a fair way, right? I understand that's not, you know, is she, is she the one who has to be the adult and say, yes, we actually have to feed the children? Like, I understand. I understand it's misdirected. I yelled, I yelled at my wife, not yelled at, but I, 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 you know how we talked about the things need to leave my house and like how I, the tile puzzle problem where it's like, well, you know, 
I'm just I'm telling you, I'm the person who deals with, with the recycling. All the recycling is full. We have overflow recycling. We have recycling in the garage that we need to deal with now. So, you know, when, when you just put two unbroken down pizza boxes <laughs> into the <laughs> Ikea bag that I'm going to need to take down and put somewhere, I want you to think hard about that. Because we don't have the capacity for that. Where do you think it goes? <laughs> it's like Michael Stipe says. <laughs> when you throw it away, where do you think away is? Away is wherever I find room for it. It's a very aggressive thing to do. Just put the pizza things in there. I know that's my job. I accept it gladly. But you're right. Uh, misdirected anger sinks. Why would you do that? Why would you just put a big box in there? What am I going to do with that? If it's a pizza box that had pizza in it, you can't put that in the recycling. It's got grease on it. Well, I, I think most recycling goes to the dump anyway. I'm starting to get, yeah, I'm well, starting that, to get it, pretty... Yeah, has, that, has that come up in your little uh, enclave now, the, the angst about people putting the wrong stuff in recycling? I got to tell you, buddy. Uh, yes. I think the... And save your email... I think the discussion about straws is going to, in retrospect, feel like a turning point. This is the turning point. Yeah, is this, is this, this is the, the turning is point the where a lot, point? a lot of stuff that we have been just sailing along with is going to be heavily discussed in the coming months. It's going to end up being about way more than plastic straws. I think we'll remember it was around the time we outlawed plastic straws that like stuff got real crazy. We had to re, 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 rethink, reduce, reuse, recycle. I feel like all these, these things are trial runs for, I mean, there's Max like so, made this John, joke. there's so many levels of turns out to this. There's so many levels of Ma- turns out. Max made this joke like very early on in Dubai Friday. And the idea of uh, having a group of people whose attention you have do some innocuous task, a bunch of trivial innocuous tasks to prove that they that you can ask them to do things and they'll do them and that eventually ask them to kill for you. Remember that guy? <laughs> I will eventually ask you to kill for me. Right, right. So all the stuff with like with with the recycling and with the you know the 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 what do you call it? the the reusable uh, water bottles and the reusable uh, grocery bags and right. the seventeen levels it turns out. What was the, the recent Dubai Friday thing? You had, you had to use that cloth grocery bag two thousand times. Before it makes up for the one paper bag. We didn't even get into the whole thing of the market for recycling not being a consistent thing. That like people don't want that stuff. They're going to just chip it and put it into a landfill. But right, we, you're ruining half of your recycling by putting in the the dirty pizza box. Yeah, but we get to feel good because we put it into a into a big blue can. Right, and the 17 levels it turns out because it's like, well, no, really, that's not actually true. That one, you know, if you use, if you actually use that reusable uh, grocery bag once a month, it saves the world. And then there's the triple turns out, and the quadruple turns out, and it goes on and on. But anyway, all as an audition to see can we get people who want to do good to do things that they think are good, but that actually are lateral moves at best, as a way to condition them all to move in whatever direction that we <laughs> that we push them in. Right? Oh, we like may not get up to the point where they have to kill for us, but you're saying like to ch- uh, to get your mind right about understanding this is a thing that's going to require a change on everybody's part. Yeah, well, even if that, this isn't was... the perfect thing that fixes it all, we're getting our mind right. Yeah, well, that was also in the, in the Dubai Friday about how you know the, the abdication of responsibility and putting on the individuals to allow the systems to continue. Oh, yeah, to that be, was when, when Anita was on. Okay, I do remember yep, that. Yep. Yeah, so that was that was a good episode. Everyone should listen to that. Uh, uh, Isn't she fun? Special, special guest, special episode. Uh, Anita Sarkeesian on Dubai Friday. That was that was a good episode. You approve? Although the hummus, the hummus was a little grim. I feel like. But did you see what Alex made? I did. Yeah. Like I guess I'd grim, grim, grim. I like having her on. I feel like she still muted some puke if it happened. Oh, Can't trust oh her. no, she's no. This is a really hot topic. She mutes a lot of puke. It's very, very upsetting. Uh, uh, let me see what else I've got here. Okay, okay. Let me ask you this one. Here's an affliction. Um, 
I'm projecting here because I do have an answer for this that you can guess. Do you have the ability sometimes in a way you don't necessarily want to have? Are, do you sometimes travel somewhere in your automobile or on foot and you suddenly remember having heard a piece of audio while you were doing this the last time or a, re- a previous time? I very mm. clearly remember. I can remember when I was walking around New Zealand listening to, I want to say, episode five of Back to Work. I, I can have very clear recollections of like where I heard this Elvis Costello song. Do you have geography associated with sound? I feel like it's the opposite. I have important memories, like a bu- uh, arm in a bucket of ice water style memories. <laughs> Here we go again, yeah. Where I happen to be listening to music, but it's not it's not the place that triggers the music. Like I, I was just thinking about this the other day. There's there's a couple of memories I have with specific REM songs associated with them because I think this is either when the album came out or when I first got it or maybe when I first got it on CD or whatever. Like like out of time near Wild Heaven, I was in uh, Newfoundland when I was listening to a particular song on that in a particular place, and I could I could replay it in my mind like it's a movie. I guess I must have had a Walkman or a Discman or something. Like I'm trying to yeah. remember how the hell I was playing this music. Um, but I don't remember it because like, like if I was ever there again, that song wouldn't play. But I think about that memory and that song all the time. Like if so I see the, the cover so in of this case, time, the song triggers the memory, lo- uh, location memory rather than the other way around. Right. Or like if I just see anything having to do with that of time. Yeah. I, come up. Oh, no, or, I can do or, both. Or, um, uh, the one I love. I think I also had a, just gotten that on CD and that comes up with a related memory. And that was all like teenage angsty being out of the country. That's away from very home for much. The first arm, time. Like, arm, all, that's an arm in the water period. Yeah, of life. All yeah. sorts of stuff is cemented in there. Luckily, I don't think I have any, and this is this is a thing when you were mentioning the misophonia or whatever. What I thought what you were gonna say was things like that uh, that sort of industrial alarm clock sound, you know, like the default buzzer alarm, right? On, on what? Like on a clock radio? You know, oh, like, okay. Eh, 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 oh, like yeah, right. That many people, oh, if you don't like to get up in the morning, which is me, uh, that you have like that immediately makes your heart race, and you're like, <gasps> like you inhale sharply, and it's just a bad association. With that sound, that's what I thought you were going to say about, you know, sounds that a bad association. But luckily, I don't have many bad associations with sound or especially songs, which is why, by the way, I always discourage people and never do myself. Don't take a favorite song and make it a ringtone or a text tone or anything like that. Like, because you'll just ruin it. You'll, you will hate it and it will ruin it for you forever. Like, you will burn it out and you will have negative connotations. So that's why I always say, like, if I was, you know, if I ever had to give birth, right? I wouldn't want to play my favorite songs because I don't think I would want to associate any songs that I like with, even though it's a joyous occasion and blah, blah, blah. You need need some burners. You need burner songs. Yeah, that's it's it's a very painful occasion. I wouldn't want to associate that pain, even though it's an overall joyful type thing. Same thing with I was if I was ever running a a marathon. Maybe I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of borderline because they do have the runners high. But anyway, I definitely never want to associate uh, some song or sound that I really like with an activity. That, like sometimes it's, it's like the, the thing it's you the do Ludovico, when, you're, when you're Ludovico technique. Yeah, like a thing when you're sick. Like every time I was sick, my mom gave me like Vicks VapoRub, and now every time when I smell, va- smell VapoRub, it makes me feel sick. Like maybe you could remember your mother's love, but some people might think, "Oh, I just remember <laughs> being sick." You know, so it, yeah. it really depends on which. What kind of person are you? There's a band called Ludovico Technique. Look at that. I'm sure there was. That really screws up the namespace. What a mess. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think uh, it works exactly as advertised in. Uh, no, 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 movie, no, 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 no. You know that he damaged his corneas in that scene. Turns out. Yeah, but the things people do for their art. Well, he's the guy who faked the moon landing. I don't know if you know. Are you watching the water? 
<laughs> I don't read all the slacks that I'm in very often, but I did see my name mentioned in one of the slacks that we share. <laughs> it was just exciting to see the Merlin uh, signal QAnon comes up. up. I was like, I know about this because of Crazy Merlin. I know so much about QAnon. <laughs> like, why, like, why do we even? The only, you are literally the only reason I know this exists at all. Oh, I'm not obsessed with it. It's not a hunchback. See, right? There's an example, right? Oh yeah, those those are the worst. This stupid with the, with the whole uh, the the. Uh, the summer of Marvel and the year of whatever, and I keep this summer is supposed to be the summer of George, right? It's not funny. Like, no. This is getting close to you, being. You think I like this? Mind, you right? think I like being? Yeah, this I don't. I don't like the fact that that I hear it every time. I hear it every time. Like some things I like. I like. I, I like the. Uh, you know, didn't it, Lisa? Didn't it? I like that one still. It's still in the oh, positive. My, my, column. my daughter's picked that one up now. But the Did summer not. of George is starting to go into the negative column because people too too many people. And too many slacks keep talking about the summer of things. And I keep hearing this is supposed to be a oh, summer of Oh, try reading a book about anxiety that involves having something like a near a mantra and not constantly thinking about serenity now. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Well, that's the thing. He, the thing is, George, he's angry. Like, he's angry. That it was, it was supposed to be angry. the summer of George and it's not. Like, it's an injustice. That's it was supposed the to be the it's, summer it's of George. Negative, it's a negative emotion. He's going to be sitting did, around. Was he? He's eating cheese like an apple. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what it was? It was the Susan. It was a Susan thing, right? It was supposed to be the summer of George. He'd be sitting around in his underwear eating cheese like an apple. Yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, one of the uh, one of the afflictions uh, my wife has, which is I don't know. Maybe maybe you're the one with this in your marriage, or maybe you both have it. But uh, mm-hmm. the affliction is, and my come my kids have it too, and they inherited it from her, and I feel bad about it. Um, it's you have a plan for how something's going to go in your head. Mm-hmm. I have a plan how this day is going to go. I have a plan of how this activity is going to go. I have a plan of how this vacation is going to go this week, whatever it is. You have a plan. You haven't told anyone this plan, but in your head, you envision this is what's going to happen. Usually it's it's near future. This is what's going to happen today. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. And that's going to do that. And then we're going to do that. And then we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And you become wed to that plan. Again, a plan not mentioned or or, or made external in any way. It's all inside your head. Mm-hmm. And it may be arbitrary. Like doesn't doesn't feel abstract because you've thought it through. You haven't shared it with people. You have not articulated. You have not like put it on paper or uh, or zeros and ones. It's just in your head, but it already feels like the thing that needs to be done. Right. First, we're going to do this. Then we're mm-hmm. going to do that. And this person's going to do that. And that person's like, it's oh, not just that. what you're going to do. It's about what we collectively like. How this is going to go down. It's called the plan. And, yeah. The and plan. it doesn't go down that way. Through no fault of anyone involved, especially the people who didn't know the plan. <laughs> okay, guilty. Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> but, I already see where you're going. But so now guilty. you're upset. Now I'm because mad. Now you're mad because we don't have a scheduled stop for gas here. <laughs> you were wed to the plan. You like that, and it's like, but the the reality, the the future that I envision has not come to pass, right? And so you know, lots of little kids have this. My wife has it. Some of my kids still have it. Like, and it just very much. Not able to get off of, but that even if the way it's going is fine, maybe yeah. the way it's going is better than the plan. Well, you don't was, remember to stop right? and catch yourself and go, "Is is this really okay?" Well, you know, it really is okay. Everything's fine. There was no need for that plan to be any more than what it is in my head. But I somehow turned that into now. Now we're breaking what should be proper reality because of the plan. Yeah, the plan, the the the, the your precious plan that was in your head and no one else's. You say you don't was, have that. No, I don't. Hmm. Don't have that. You always just assume everything's going to go wrong. But we're, um, we're, this is a very good episode, and, and we're probably good. Um, but I, I do have, uh, I have a question for you. Okay. I know you're reluctant to answer this because you think we're incapable of self-knowledge. What are some things you know for sure that you don't notice that almost everybody else does? Uh, I, I mean, I have, I don't, I've never, 
been diagnosed with anything of all the various uh super the tasty diagnoses things. that nerdy people can have i'm sure i could be diagnosed with someone but i never have been you're talking about like spectrum things yeah spectrum stuff other things related to that i ADHD, what about oppositional I don't even, disorder I don't, john you think you might have opp- oppositional disorder even fake diagnose myself i don't know what i don't even mm-hmm. know right that's what you think but, that's what you say you think that yeah anyway uh lots of things that i hear attributed to spectrum disorders or whatever i recognize in myself to varying degrees mostly being unaware of what other people think about what you're doing that's the broadest category of thing which is has been much worse in my past than in the present and okay it, it could, could be a, somebody's emotional you don't you're not aware that they have had an emotional response or you're not aware they had a response or like what that response would be to me specifically i'm really good at doing it when it's when i'm an observer and i'm not a participant right which mm-hmm. maybe isn't true of you know various spectrum things or whatever but if i'm involved in it i much better at getting it after the fact when it's too late that is super interesting then then and i've talked about this talked about this in early early episodes like mm-hmm. that uh that the and the alternative is like the oh well the, the the alternative is okay well now you do know and now you now you finally get a glimpse of the full picture of how much everyone hates you and that's bad didn't you didn't you and this is a very old back catalog but didn't you at one point in your maybe teens regard yourself in retrospect you regard yourself as having been kind of a mean kid uh or like not, it sounds like not, you were like, not, a cru- not cruel mean but, but like, like out of not, fear of rejection you were very defensive yeah well not more like uh yeah, unintentionally hurtful mm-hmm. right but but, but the, the, again because people don't know your intentions it just ends up looking hurtful not gleefully hurtful and not redirecting like oh something something is bad in my life and i'm directing that anger outward like i'm fine i think i i'm not angry about anything and i'm not lashing out and i'm not redirecting anger but i am in fact being a jerk to people right mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, yeah. being oblivious is actually better than eventually learning to realize that because then you're like oh everyone hates me and it's <laughs> better for, a for you right exactly better for me for sure yeah, right sure sure but then you know in my and you know in my delta now you start to get a little bit better at that and so th- that's one thing that i still feel like i don't notice as much or i notice it later and that's like the worst like speaking of things that you replay oh i know i still I know, I know. everyone does this i mean i hear Roderick talk about it all the time and every time he talks about it it's like it makes me feel better that it's not just a thing that that i do like replaying specific incidents from when i was like 10 mm-hmm. like still the, the unintentionally like, hurtful is a good one where you realized you did some kind of dick thing and you really didn't mean it like yeah like when i was 10 i did it maybe or when you I was snarky but you didn't mean to be deeply unkind right and then i just replay it like why am i replaying something i did when i was 10 well why am i doing that now like am i mm-hmm. am i gonna be 98 years old and i'm still replaying like when everyone involved is dead except for me it's like no you'll still you'll, you'll still be replaying right <laughs> right it's not like Oh, in the darkest hour at 3 a.m. I replay. Nope, I'll be in the middle of the day. It'll be like oh, no. 12.30 on a Wednesday. And it'll be like, my brain will be like, guess what? You're going to replay that thing. Yeah. Remember sixth grade? Remember there you when go. this hey, happened? Let's play this one again. Let's get this one to spin. Right. It's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, I feel like I've learned the lesson from sixth grade, brain. Stop. Stop. I, I get it. Yeah. <sighs> Yours is worst. better than mine. Um, mine was that um, being somebody. You notice when your hair is a little messed up. Oh man, right now I got this weird mutton chops thing going on. I really need a haircut. Um, I, um, <laughs> I, being somebody who is, uh, I think I'm at least probably of, uh, at least average intelligence and I'm pretty good uh, on some level with word stuff. Uh, I frequently don't understand or don't notice 
turns of phrase, plays on words. I notice puns, and I think they're stupid every time I realize it. But double entendres, if, you said, if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? There's all kinds of things like that that somebody has to point out. It's like visually that would be the FedEx logo. But, but you're me, making it's those yourself all the time. I know. I know. Well, I mean, I'm not saying they're good, but like I can't believe how often I didn't get to, oh, God, there's one driving me crazy. There's one from the other day where uh, it was, it's some kind of a really, it's one of those really obvious, like you and the Beatles. It's like one, it's one of those level of like, oh my God, I can't believe that that never occurred to me until now. And I feel like I get those twice a week. And I don't know what gene I lack. Uh, I, I don't know how to square that with how often you do that same thing yourself. Maybe you want to be the author of those, but not not the uh, not to have them perpetrated upon you. Could be, you know, or they, maybe or maybe you're fine. You're fine if you get them, but if you don't get them, they annoy you. I, I wish I could you remember. Feel dumb in retrospect, it's one of those. It's one of those things where, like, I don't know. You ever read? I'm sure you don't. But like, there's a, a fun section on TV tropes. Um, what is it called? In the TV tropes, like per property, there's a section about like crazy. It's some combination between Easter egg speculation and weird conspiracy theories about how everything is connected. And people will talk about things like, okay, Finn on Adventure Time is based on the Irish word for blonde and kind of based on this character named Fiona, which makes it even funnier that Finn is also Fiona. There's all these things, and there's, there's all these things where, like, I'm not saying that's true, but, like, all that stuff, like, it never even occurs to me. All these things that other people get immediately. When I say double entendre, not just, like, a dirty joke, but things where a word has two meanings in a certain context, well, and like, I don't... It's like English class stuff. I think I've talked about this in Sophomore Lit with, uh, with John McCoy, like, yeah. the, the, where the kids in class get angry that the teacher is pointing out things in the book that are like, you know, symbolism or whatever. It's like, oh, come on. Like, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Like, right. the, the, the disbelief that, that you know, seriously, like, you want me to believe that because this character's initials are JC, I was supposed to take something from that, right? Oh, and, right, sure, sure, and, sure. And you feel angry, partly because you realize, in some respects, that all of these can't be made up. Some of them might actually be on the nose. And it may be that, yes, the author actually was pulling from, like, the the most well-known myth at the time that they were alive to actually name their character with JC and make them a Christ figure, right? Oh, absolutely. Like that, that, well, that, that isn't actually completely far-fetched. It isn't, it isn't like a, an incredible hoax. It's true uh, with Shakespeare and the teachers. allegories and all those kinds of things. There's all kinds of things where when you drop this reference, they were talking about this on, which show were they talking about this on? But like a very specific idea of like when you're referencing people, will, you know what it was? It was on the Flophouse uh, when they're talking about mythological stuff. And like, you know, people used to be much more conversant about a reference, what a reference to this God would mean, especially as mm-hmm. against a reference to that God, where it would be like, it would, it would be like a Simpsons joke to us. They would understand when you reference these two things, this is what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, and that's why it seems more that. unbelievable. Like, you're like, oh, come on. That's so obscure. It's like, well, it wasn't obscure then. Yeah, right? I know. I know. <laughs> that's, that's why it seems so like academic and like it's scholarly. But if you were alive at the time, like the pop culture references were popular then. So it wasn't a stretch and people got it. I was thinking about that this afternoon. I had a terrible, terrible thought. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't allow myself to think certain kinds of particularly dark thoughts. I try not to think about things like what happens if my industry goes away or what happens if I lose my voice or those kinds of things. <clears throat> I do worry about podcasts, as you know. But, um, but I was thinking about, <laughs> this is such a John Roderick thing to think about. I was thinking about like how much of... If somebody were to regard me as clever and funny, I might be regarded as clever and funny because I can make a fast connection between two things, often pop culture related. And then I was thinking to myself, how much stuff that is pop culture related 
from any time before the 90s is still relevant today. Like, are there people like... You better hope it's a lot of it because <laughs> half of what we say. <laughs> this is why I'm thinking. I, I'm seeing things nobody else can. I'm screwed. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't worry about that too much. I was, I was thinking about the other day too in terms of like the people I listen to on podcasts and how... Like, would you listen to a show that's mostly funny? Like, a Jack. think about Jack Benny. Jack Benny's a good example. You might listen to Jack Benny. Or, or for example, my daughter listening to Which One Vapes episode of My Brother, My Brother and Me. She doesn't know who any of those people are. It's an extremely funny epi- episode. But like, she doesn't know who like Jonah Hill is. Like, she, that's not going to be funny to her. It's going to well, be like she's, that. She's one, one half of the audience angle. The one, one side is the people, like I, I listen to the podcast where people are similar ages to me, so they make the same references because they grew up around the same time. And the other angle is people who are younger who listen to older people because sometimes it's fun, funny to listen to the olds, right? And they mm-hmm. make the old references and you may not get them, but there's a certain kind of humorous elder yeah. angle to it. Uh, yeah. the, the direction that I think is the hardest one, though, is old people listening to young people because they're going to make references you don't get and you don't have that thing where you look up to them because they're older and wiser. Well, and if and you make a joke about it, it's really lame. Like when you, yeah. when we make a joke about hip hop, it's just not funny. Yeah, well, you, don't, you don't have, you don't you know, don't have the don't background. Don't know enough like, about like, it to make many, fun of it right. Like how many podcasts uh, you, do you listen to where the hosts are much younger than you? Um, Several. I, well, well, put, you're, put you're, differently, so, you're so old that may, that may be inevitable at this point. But. Well, put differently, <laughs> there's not that many, I can't think of that many podcasts I listen to with people older than me unless Dr. Drang's on. Yeah. yeah it's not a joke. I mean, it's true. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. At a certain point, you get so old that it's very difficult to avoid that. But, but anyway. Well, you, guys like, better the, hope, you guys better hope you keep getting older. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. Get, there's uh, another option we could talk about. But like, I, I think about that and I think like, look, you know, how long will you have an audience? It's like, well, you have an audience of whoever finds your references uh, yeah. You know, funny now. As long as you have John Roderick's daughter, who he's pretty sure is going to be listening to all this stuff in the future. Oh uh, well, that you know, he'll be long gone by then. Yeah, hundred percent. 